Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that follow my talk about matchmaking being needed in the game in more places. Some of the recent quests really brought that to the attention of the players, as well as things like Blindwell and Escalation Protocol. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor, any of those podcast locations, or watching on YouTube, you can probably tune in and catch me live right now, uh, twitch.tv slash say no to rage, or just look up say no to rage on the Twitch platform. And with the new layout, we can have the topic next to me and gameplay bigger. So if you've been enjoying these podcasts, you can look forward to me covering other games like Anthem and Division and giving you a hub of content that includes both my thoughts as well as questions and, and thoughts from the community. So thank you for contributing to this, sharing this, or supporting this content. It will be expanding into other lanes very, very soon. A lot of good games on the horizon. Let's jump right in to Q&A, though. The first question here comes from Leviathan says matchmaking is always going to be an issue is the solution just to have solo queue comp and a team queue comp I doubt that's even possible because everyone would lean towards one or the other what is your solution you're getting into a specific situation which is an important one to talk about right this is a very specific problem that doesn't uh, it's not unique to destiny okay this is not something that's unique to destiny having a solo queue playlist and then a playlist where you can go in with a team is something that a lot of games have considered and dabbled with. What ends up happening, or at the very least what we know happened in Destiny 1 when they tried the Lone Wolf playlist, is you end up robbing the other playlists of players that are needed, if that makes sense. So if you're trying to play, you know, 6v6 or 4v4 in comp or in quick play, you need solo players or players that just are like a duo to make up and fill those gaps. This is also true for Gambit. In 4v4 in Gambit, if you're only putting fours against fours, what do you do with all the doubles and the triples? How do you fill those teams? If you're a double or a triple stack team, are you in matchmaking for forever because they funnel all the solo queue players to a solo queue Gambit or a solo queue competitive playlist, right? <clears throat> matchmaking would take forever. You could be you could be waiting an exorbitant amount of time just to get into a game and that's not ideal. You don't want people sitting in matchmaking for forever. Then the other thing that can happen, the other sort of detriment is that you sort of settle. You're like, "Well, we found you a team to play against. They're playing right now. It's a it's a four stack, it's a whatever. You know, whatever <clears throat> excuse me, whatever combination of people is is good for for you at that moment." Well, you might end up having to sacrifice connection quality. Maybe they're in another region. Maybe they maybe they're on the outside of where you are, so latency goes up and, and, and connection quality goes down. You don't want that to be the result. And so this is a dilemma because this isn't the only game that has game modes that are better suited for an organized team that's communicating, right? Even in team deathmatch, if you're on a team that's organized and communicating, you're automatically at an advantage. That that's that's kind of a given. But when when you go beyond that and you get into, you know, not just team deathmatch, but you get into game modes that are organized or there's an objective, right? Like play the play the objective idiot, you know, that that whole argument that gets that gets happened when you're in a pub environment and people can talk back and forth. I don't know if there's a solution that is really re- related to matchmaking. 
if they're if they're trying to initially pair solos with solos and full full teams against full teams if that's like initially something they try to do within that region right that's helpful but that can also put the full team in a rut where they're always facing the same couple of teams because they're a full four-man team and they're they're never getting access to anybody else in the matchmaking so it's not as simple as flipping a switch because they're there are pros and cons to what you're saying. If you give people the ability to go into solo queue or if the matchmaking itself kind of protects solo queue players from the full stack teams, matchmaking can take longer, quality connection can go down, and you can sort of lock in the full stack teams into an just a constant just rotating door of the same small circle of teams in their region. There is no easy solution to this problem the best thing you can do is honestly honestly try to find people to play with i know in the in the video i said solo players should be considered but when i said that i was speaking more with respect to ease of access it's difficult for you to do a quest or chase a nightfall weapon because there's no matchmaking right that's about access that's not about oh well they should protect you in pvp from a full team a lot of there's a lot of negatives that come from that it's not a simple oh this is a win-win for everybody everything gets better if we if we take uh you know matchmaking and sequester solos or give them their own playlist so jack orama says do you think a room type matchmaking like in fighting games where you make a lobby and people can scroll down a list and join what looks good i mean this this could be a solution for the pve but i don't know why you would need to implement this now this could work for raiding right you could put people in like a room and they go in they're like okay this person has a mic okay this person's actually talking this person's not under leveled for the activity and they could be a little bit more choosy you know there are people that just don't know about or want to use LFG, but if they could go into the tower and go over next to a raid NPC and there was like a little door that was like, you know, that said on it like matchmaking or group up or something like that, and they could go into that room and just kind of wander around the room and like look at people's loadouts, are they talking, how's their power level, and then slowly form a team, that would be that would be a solution. That's not matchmaking. That's sort of like, that's sort of like your own matchmaking. You you go in and kind of do your own thing, right? <clears throat> that's LFG already, right? But again, LFG is off-site. LFG is off-site. People need to remember that like not everybody wants to go off-site. Not everybody wants to go or even know about some off-site solution. And you cannot excuse you cannot excuse the absence of features because the community has come up with solutions. The only reason LFG exists is because there was nothing in the game for people to find raids. LFG doesn't exist because it's like superior and gamers were like, oh, this is so much better than what Bungie offers. There was nothing in the game, and that's why LFG was created. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you, excuse me, if you think LFG is fine, then keep using it. Why is your discovery of a solution a reason to not give other players a solution? Right? It doesn't make any sense. Keep using LFG. You're golden, man. You're gravy. Oh, you have a clan? Oh, you use Lono's Discord? You're fine. You're good to go. 
you don't need to care if they add matchmaking of any sort to raids or nightfalls or whatever, right? There's no reason to, to worry about that. So that's the way, that's kind of the way I would address that, is your solution's fine. And putting in-game LFG or a room would be a great first step. Kuzamuza says, with the matchmaking changes brought up by Bungie in the competitive playlist, do you think that it would be beneficial for Bungie to overhaul the competitive playlist into a system that is similar to Overwatch ranked? Here's the thing. A ranking system's only as good as the funnel. If you've got a very full funnel of players, then a ranking system can work well, right? A ranking system like that and a matchmaking system based on a ranking system like that doesn't work if the funnel's not super full. So I don't know if the daily engaged player base of Bungie's PvP, right? I don't know if that's good enough to fill a funnel so that that type of matchmaking could work, right? Maybe. Maybe. It could be. I don't know. I'm not the expert. I don't know if the competitive playlist could ever be that elaborate, and there's a couple of reasons why. I don't know if this game's ever going to feel truly competitive, to be honest. I mean, I love the people that want it, want, it, want it to be a competitive game, but like, truth be told, I just think there's so much standing in the way of this game ever rounding that corner and being a truly competitive game. Uh, I think there's just a lot standing in its way, and because of that, I don't know if Bungie's going to spend a lot of blood and treasure and bandwidth and, and development time and man hours coming up with this somewhat elaborate, somewhat you know nuanced and well-organized system of ranking and matching. Uh, in a perfect world, sure. If you're going to do a competitive playlist, that's how you would want it to function. You would want it to function in a very organized, ranked way, right? I just, I just don't know if that's, if that's a, if that's a reasonable, you know, request to make right now, especially with just the state of the game in general and the, their inability to do quick, you know, sandbox changes and updates, even if they could do big sandbox updates and changes quickly, like if this was in a whole nother engine, I don't know if this game will ever feel super balanced. So spending tons of time coming up with an elaborate competitive ranked system might be a complete mismatch it just doesn't feel like it fits into the game as it is right now i just as much as it breaks the hearts of people to hear it and i don't like saying it i don't think this game will ever be a respected esport ready competitive game i don't think it will and then that's okay if we grant lono's premise and that's true then is it something needed? Do we need that super organized rank system? Do we need that in the game? If that's never really going to happen, I would say probably not. Uh, Bolt Striker. Do you think that team chat should be turned on automatically when we join a team? Because it's frustrating to not be able to communicate in comp. Yeah, I'm not really sure I understand the reasoning here. I don't know if it's a global setting and then maybe they don't want to, like, I, I guess, disrespect people. But if you're going into matchmaking, right, into an environment where it's a team, I don't understand why you're not automatically conversing with the people that you're connecting with. Because, again, ease of access, right? That was a big point I made during the talk. Ease of access is a really, really important factor here. Why are you making it difficult for people to communicate? They got to get their ghost out. They got to opt into the voice. They got to go into the settings. They got to make sure it's all working. All that stuff should be on by default. And the people are like, I don't like this. Why are there people talking to me all of a sudden? You know, they can opt out. 
And I know people might be like, well, that's pretty heavy handed. You're, you're making everybody opt out. To me, the net benefit would be most people like, oh my gosh, we can communicate. Yeah, yeah, he's on the right side. Yeah, he's right around the corner. Instead of this nonsense of like, everybody's a mute. And then you got to like, I guess, try to get their attention and be like, turn on game chat, which you can't do without text chat, which you don't have on consoles. We have, uh, you know, you, you have text chat on PC. But if you want solo players to feel that empowerment, now maybe make it more obvious, right? Maybe if you don't want to have suddenly somebody having to hear some kid drop F-bombs and the N-word because you, it's, it's automatically in, he has to opt out. If you want to kind of respect that person, you could have something pop up like once they're in the game or once they're matching that's like, hey press this button now to ensure you can communicate with your teammates like really really streamline it you know if you really streamline it then I think more people would probably push the button you know push the button Frank and then they would they would be in they would be in and able to talk to uh, whoever it is that they're they're matched with but I think that the lack of that being either easy to do or or automatically sort of like, yeah, you're talking to people, you know, making that difficult is one of the reasons it just doesn't happen. Um, What if someone says something mean? Then deal with it. That's the internet, right? Games have the warning that, you know, the ESRB ratings don't apply to online interactions because they can say, this game is for teens or everyone, and then you get in a game and a guy talks like Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction, and you're like, what the frick? Like, I thought this game was rated teen, right? So I would, that's, they need to, they need to streamline it. If anything, just make it easier to do. Brody, do you think Bungie can separate PvP and PvE with this current engine? Okay, here's the deal. We've talked a lot about this and it doesn't seem to be something they like doing. And then that could be because it's not easy, right? In the past, when they made shotguns in D1 stronger in PvE, apparently, from what I've been told, they didn't actually make the shotguns faster, or I'm sorry, stronger. They made the enemies weaker to shotguns. Now, that might be a whole lot harder to, to have it scale down. Right? Like, how do you ensure that you're not able to do tons of damage to a boss because they basically are like, oh yeah, make all enemies more susceptible to shotgun damage, and then you end up with broken encounters because, oh, just use a shotgun. This 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 buff that they gave us applies to basically every 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 enemy, right? So the their their inability their inability to go in and say, okay, no, the shotgun needs to just be stronger in PVE. I just think they struggle to do that. I don't know if it's because of the engine or or if it's because of the way that they've just built the game. There's too many there's too much spaghetti code. There's too many, you know, intertwined threads that keeps keeps people from being able to say, you know, hey, this is a little too strong in PVP, can you nerf it and not make it worthless in PVE? I just think they struggle to do that and that's been a reality since Destiny 1. And I don't know which, whether it's the engine or whether it's the spaghetti code or the intertwined systems or whatever it is, however it works, it's clear it's not something they like doing very often. Um, So, Project White Light, what do you think about the state of matching in PvP as a solo player? I find that most times I'm on a team who just gets destroyed. Side note, I feel like the PvP team has missed their mark all year. 
Um, I'll get to your second part of the question because I think that's an that's that's a criticism you're going to hear a lot from people that is both fair and unfair. I think at the same time, and I'll talk about why. I can't speak to matching solo in PvP. When I matched solo in Gambit, I found that I was commonly against solo players and with solo players. But for whatever the frick reason, my team was always abysmal. Just terrible. I don't know why. I'd play three or four Gambit games in a row, okay? And I'd be like, oh, cool, I'm not against a four stack. Every time, I'm like, oh, this is nice. I'm not going against four stacks. And without fail, every time, the other team of four random solo players is hyper-organized. They're banking quickly. They're invading fast. They, they're melting their boss. And my team is like, doesn't know how to tie their shoes like i'm like who are these people that you're pairing me up with like how does this always happen i always have the two dum-dums that keep dying with lots of uh moats to ads right they die to ads and then i also have the people that grab heavy and don't invade right so they state they take heavy and they don't invade and that's just kind of the nature of matchmaking yeah, I just checked audio sync, guys. If you're having audio sync issues, just refresh. It's perfectly in sync on my phone, so it's a Twitch thing. I don't know what they're doing. Periodically, if it looks like I'm not synced up, it's not my rig, it's not my stream, it's Twitch. So, I, I don't know how they fix that. I, how do you ensure that, like, Lono doesn't keep getting paired up with dum-dums? Like, you know what I'm saying? Now, some of it, I think, is that I play Gambit infrequently, and when I play, I win like crazy, right? I win like crazy, because I'm playing with an organized team. And then when I go into solo queue, it's like, oh, this guy's a good player. We better we better kind of we better sandbag his team a little bit. Well, sandbag might not be the right term. We better put some anchors on his team, some bad players. He's a good player. He wins a lot. I don't know if that's what's causing it, if it like bases it off of win ratio. Like I balance out their bad win ratio because I have actually a pretty good gambit win ratio, because I typically only play with a four stack on stream, and it's really infrequent, and we're super organized and we have good invaders and people that know what they're doing i don't know if that's going on either like there's just no way to know there's not a lot of transparency with how they do the matching so if you're a solo player and you lose a lot and you're not winning ever there could be a lot of other factors that go into it i don't think bungie can say we better make sure you consistently get paired with a good team I think that's too hard to quantify, and I think it's really, really hard to, to justify. It's like, we're going to make everybody l- wait in matchmaking for forever because we want to ensure you have the exact right, perfect game where both teams are equal in strength and you don't have a bunch of morons on your team against a bunch of sweats on the other. Some of that's just bad luck. You know, some of it's bad luck. I do think it's somewhat related, though, to your stats. I do think that I get my stats kind of boosted by playing with people on stream and then I end up on teams of people that it thinks I'm I'm too good. It's not going to put me with the good players, right? It's going to put me with the bad players. And people are like, well, Lono, how do all the good players get on the same team then? If you put a bunch of, like, average players together, they're going to be better than a team with one all-star. Now, I'm not saying I'm an all-star, but according to the stats, it might be like, this guy's the all-star. He's got a good win ratio, and I get put with a bunch of low win ratio players I'm not strong enough to make the uh, make up the difference there if that makes sense 
Drist, uh, Drista says, do you think the competitive system is good? I don't have enough information to comment exhaustively on the goodness or the badness of the competitive system. I think I see enough input from the high-level PvP players to know that it's not where it needs to be. It could be significantly better. Uh, but again, I'm going to go back to my original statement about is this game ever going to be truly competitive esports ready? No, it's not. So how much time do we want Bungie spending on polishing the competitive side of the game? Think about it like this. There are two pillars that will hold up the house of a good competitive game. And this is where Fortnite's fallen off the rails a bit, right? With their tournaments. Number one, you have to have a balanced and a well-developed sandbox. Number two... You have to have a very good matching system, like a ranking system, right? I've missed some resubs because I've been doing the talk, guys, and I am sorry. Ted Nugent was six months, six months from iSurgy and 23 months from Jazzy Pope. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I think you understand that I'm not going to read all those messages because I'm, I'm in the podcast. But you need those two pillars in place, right? A really, really great sandbox and then thoughtfulness about just like matching and getting people together like a ranking system, okay? Fortnite doesn't have that. Fortnite sandbox is all over the place. I mean, they add a sword, they add turrets, they add this, they do all this stuff right before tournaments, and it makes everybody justifiably mad. It's like, you just change the entire nature of combat. That boombox getting added right before the one tournament, it's like, are you freaking serious? Like, that thing is game-changing. Like, you can't build in such a wide radius it's it's literally changes the nature of those encounters um and how they played out and it affected the tournament so that's why i feel like fortnite's struggling for some people to respect it as a as a potential esport because their sandbox is like playing russian roulette it's all over the place destiny is in a similar place right it lacks two things that I think are needed for a game to get off the ground in the competitive realm. Number one, the sandbox is in a similar way to, to Fortnite. It's all over the place. You never know what's going to happen or what update's going to hit or what gun's going to be stronger or what super's going to be nuts or what exotic's going to break the game, right? You have no idea what they're going to do. And on top of that, it's peer-to-peer, the matching, the ranking. It's non-existent. The peer-to-peer and the matchmaking is so archaic and so outdated. It's, to an extent, it's kind of bush league. It's not where you would want it. So those two pillars, I think, are completely lacking if you want a really, truly competitive game and a competitive environment. Because those two pillars are lacking, I'm going to continue to say that I don't think Bungie needs to spend an exorbitant amount of time trying to get some really, really good and elaborate ranking system in place so that people can people can climb the ladders and have good matches and have good matchmaking. I just, I don't think that's ever really going to be something that's true of Destiny. It just isn't, it hasn't been built from the ground up for that. Now, now, that doesn't mean they can't do that in the next game, right? They've learned a lot of hard lessons. They have mountains on mountains on mountains of data that they can use to inform a future game where maybe there's a more distinct split between PvP and PvE. If they build it in a new engine and that engine can interface with dedicated servers, I mean, Bungie knows an awful lot now about how to balance crucible well why don't they do it then just because they they've learned these lessons doesn't mean that that they can do it in the current and the current structure of the game and the current in the current 
setup and meta. I mean, it just it isn't something that is going to be super super easy uh, to do because of the nature of where we are in the game's life. Now, if they are able to split everything down the middle and have a very very distinct different sides of the game, right from the supers to the from the supers to the to the exotics to the weapons, if they're all behaving differently. Um, I, th- I think they could get into a really, really good place and they'd have a lot of information in their corner to really back up those decisions. Sergeant Galaxia says, in most talks, uh, you highlight the importance of Bungie development resources with your main points uh, of raids and nightfalls. What are your thoughts and ideas on making guided games more like the matchmaking experience you are looking for? I think that's essentially what they would need to do is is go to the guided game system and say this didn't work okay this didn't work it's totally okay to admit that right and to say we're, we're gonna revamp guided games to be a a more thoughtful matchmaking experience for end game activities both raids and nightfalls right Here's why I think that would be a really important thing for them to do. This is why I think it'd be really important. Because it would be clear to the people engaging with it that it's not just your garden variety matchmaking. You're going into end game matchmaking. They could even rename it, right? They could name it, you know, pinnacle matchmaking or I don't know, just call it end game matchmaking. And there might be more boxes you have to check. It checks to make sure your mic is plugged in, right? It checks your power level. It checks your gear. And it makes recommendations it's like you really don't need to be going into the raid right now. You're underleveled and you don't have a mic plugged in. All those boxes get checked and your green lights a go for endgame matchmaking, right? Brand new Prime Sub from Tommy M 49 Thank you so much. So many people have used their Prime Subs here lately. Thank you for doing that. So I think guided games could be part of the solution here just because it's already a container that exists that they could utilize and use and say, all right, you can matchmake into Nightfalls, you can matchmake into Raids, but we're going to make it slightly difficult. Not like, oh my gosh, I can't figure this out, right? But a, a process whereby they qualify you and they make sure you have any business going into Scourge or Last Wish. A good example last night would have been Mav. Mav Show and Trav and I were all going to raid, and she was underleveled for Scourge, so we did Last Wish anyway. Let's imagine somebody like Mav, they're 626, and they're like, oh, I want to do the new raid, man, that sounds great. And they go to do endgame matchmaking for it, and they click on it, and there's an X, and it says recommended power level for, and they could even raise the recommended power level to be a little bit higher. Like, you really need to raise your power level a little bit if you're going to do matchmaking, because it's random people. And they're like, no, you can't use this. You're too low level. You know, get out of here, right? Or they go in and they're the right power level, but they don't have a mic. No, get out of here. You can't come in here without a mic. You're going to ruin it for other people. You can't do these raids without a microphone, right? I'm sorry, that's the nature of that content. You need a microphone. Well, Lono, there's deaf people that have that have done the raids. Yeah, and they get together and they organize the clues and the and the and the emotes and the ways that they're gonna communicate and talk to each other. That's completely and utterly different than somebody going in without a microphone to a team that has no way to interface and work with that person, being a detriment to those people, their the experience of those players. Um Sajasan33, wouldn't looking for a clan be a better solution than matchmaking? No. No, it is a solution. 
it's not a better solution. Does that make sense? It is a solution, but it's not a better solution. Think about it like this. When you are looking for a clan, there's a lot of... Pardon me, I had to sneeze. There's a lot of things that go into it, right? There's region of the world, time of day, natural friendships, right? There's a lot of things that go into a clan being a good match for you, right? And so it's difficult. Here, let me put it this way. I'm, I'm going off on the wrong road. Let, let me let me re, let me answer the question in this way. Let's say it's Friday night and you want to raid, right? And then four or five days goes by and you want to do a nightfall. Your needs and your desires and the things that you would like to do are changing day by day. You may not ever really feel like joining a clan, though. That may never land on your sentimentality or your what you want to do or what you like to do. You may always feel like, nah, I don't really feel like d- joining a clan, right? So telling somebody, oh, that's a better solution, maybe not. It might not be what they want to do at their at that time. It might not line up with how they even play the game. They would join a clan and then never play with those people, right? Maybe they play that one time. This happened all the time, right? This happened all the time with me in Call of Duty. We'd be playing. I'd add. We we would. We me and my buds were really good, and we'd run into people. We'd be like, "Hey, we don't have a full team right now. You want to join us? You were really good, and you were talking." And they'd be like, "Yeah, sure." And we'd add them as a friend. We'd get them in the party. We'd have a great play session. Three weeks would go by, and we'd ne- that person would never be online at the same time as us again. We'd never play with them again. So eventually, I'd go, and I would just delete them from my friends list. Right. Well, I mean, that could be a clan is not necessarily a solution to people. Your weekly and daily engagement with the game is all over the place. It's like, well, I want to do this, and then I don't want to do this. And, oh, I'm playing at this time, and then on this day, I'm playing at this time. Like, one day you're working nights, next day you're working mornings, and you're playing in accordance with that. And, you know, I just think, again, ease of accessibility is the real thing I was driving at. Not all activities, but like I think some could afford to. Nightfalls, especially, I think just need matchmaking. Quest quest should never leave you hanging without matchmaking. And then raids could over time have matchmaking rolled out, as we said, end game matchmaking that has a few check boxes that need checked before it even lets you interact with it. You know what I'm saying? Next question from Throly7. Considering the problems with the corrupted strike where people don't understand they have to pass the orbs before throwing them at shielded enemies, which I experienced myself, how would you check players for proper skill and knowledge, especially considering raids punish you a lot harder for mistakes? Well, I mean, some of this is is communication. Imagine if when you did the corrupted strike that the people that got in there with you had to go through... At the end game matchmaking that we just described, and it made sure that they had a working microphone. And here's the other thing that I, I left out. I left out that I just thought of. If you use end game matchmaking, it automatically throws you into team chat. You don't have a choice. You don't. You can't opt out. No. If you're gonna use end game matchmaking, you will be communicating with people in the game. That is forced on you, as it should be. So if you did endgame matchmaking for the corrupted and you went in there and everybody was forced to talk, even if they were being an idiot, you could be like, can you please throw the thing at me? Like, and a lot of people, a lot of people would say, oh, I didn't, I didn't even realize, dude, I'm sorry. Oh, 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 they're like, that's how people were killing it so fast. Like, you know what I'm saying? 
And again, Milo's good to point out, you don't need to, right? You don't need to pass uh, people along, pass the orb. It just makes it go faster, right? It's not a necessity. It just makes it go faster. You take down their shield quicker, um, but it's not needed. It's not like, oh, you have to satisfy this mechanic. So, um, let us go to the next question. Smoky Gaming. For matchmaking in raids, how would you counter the players that leave mid-raid and avoid frustration from the players that want to raid? I would pose the exact same question to people that use LFG. Hello? Like, that? Like that's a problem in LFG? That's a problem... That's a problem when I I raid with people in this community. They're like, oh, dude, I my my kid my kid just woke up from his nap. I gotta go. I gotta go. Oh, dude, my wife needs picked up. I, I can't. I have to go right now. No matter how much you you uh, try to protect yourself from that, that stuff happens no matter where you right. No matter how you get into the raid, that's something that can happen. So that's not a reason to not do matchmaking, right? Now. What about rage quitters, Lono? What about toxic people, Lono? What about people that insult you and, and say the and say the N-word? What, what about that, Lono? Again, the same exact thing could happen on LFG, right? You can't use you can't use the worst possible outcomes as a reason to not do something. Because again, any normal team is gonna have some idiot being toxic, swearing, rage quitting, yelling at everybody, whatever. That's not what's in question. What's in question is Are there ways that they could streamline access to the content while doing things to make sure you don't completely and utterly waste your time? Like, oh, here's three people that want to run the raid and none of them have working microphones. Like, that's obviously something that I was trying to speak against with the the endgame matchmaking sort of checking. Okay, you have a mic. Okay, you understand that you're going into endgame content and communication is part of it. We're going to make you be in, you know, in-game chat. Like, there's a lot of things there that protect people from having their time wasted but you can't protect the world from idiots you know what I'm saying you just can't you can wear a seatbelt and you can buy a car with the greatest safety rating in the world but you can't do anything about idiots on the road that want to check their stupid Instagram and then they wreck into you and your family right like I know that's slightly like dark and out of left field but you just you can't you can't rid the world of morons but you can give people good solutions to play content like why not why not give people solutions to jump into the content here's something that I think would happen honestly I think a lot of people would use matchmaking and they would slowly meet people that are talking and know what they're doing and then they would become friends and they would play together they'd be like I don't want to play with that guy dude he's he's pretty toxic let's go find another team and they'd add each other. It just that's just the nature of existence, right? I think people would naturally flock together that are a fit and they'd like avoid the guy that was mouth breathing and eating food and, and not paying attention. Home Twitch, Lono, if they add matchmaking to Nightfalls, how do they deal with the challenge card setup? Yeah, we, we talked about that yesterday, and this is actually a really, really good question. What I would think you would do is it would establish a host right and it would say no actually i'm sorry i'm sorry we that's not the solution we came up with because that's too complicated and that's like voting and stuff i think the challenge card would be disabled for end game matchmaking for nightfalls and if you run it and you guys have a really good time and you're communicating guess what you can do add each other as friends go back out to orbit and have someone set up the challenge card for the 100k run right 
I do think that's kind of like when I said you could have the raid have matchmaking for normal but not for hard. I think you could justify the same thing there for the challenge card. You'd be like, nah, dude, you don't you don't need to have the challenge card on for endgame matchmaking. It's just to get you in and to get your nightfall completed. And then if you're like, oh, we had a really good run, we should do another one and go for 100k, you back out, you matchmake, you set up the card, and you go to town. That that I think that's more... That's more like a, a procedural sort of a spectrum of engagement that makes sense with how people kind of play typically anyway. Um, so, and listen, you'd be more than welcome to get into the nightfall, right? You touch down and you're like, do you guys want to do 100K? And they're like, yeah, I kind of do. All right, you guys seem like you guys seem like you know what the frick you're doing. Let's go to orbit and let's set up a challenge card. I'll be host, right? It, it, it obviously has, it would pick a host or whatever. But like, you, there are some things you'd have to think through like you can't kick people you'd have to disable kicking people from the group in this in this matchmaking now if someone's being a douche and they're ruining your experience that sucks you'd have to like leave and matchmake again or leave and, and team up with the guy that's not being a douche and then matchmake you know what I'm saying there are some things they'd have to think through but I don't want them to have to come up with like elaborate systems of like voting on cards and stuff because that's probably way less likely to happen it's probably far more likely to be like, yeah, cards are disabled when you do the matchmaking, and if you really want to do the cards because you're working on 100k or whatever, then you can do that. You can back out, and you can team up with the guys and do it. Kicking could be vote-based. If somebody wants to throw themselves into matchmaking and be an AFK douchebag, then yes, right? You could you could definitely do that. Yo, what's good, Chevy? Your really long question actually really helped with this layout, by the way. I used your question, since it was like the max amount of characters, as a frame for how much space to leave. So your novel that you wrote yesterday actually was really helpful. So thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, so at the, at the end of the matter, when you're thinking about endgame content, nightfalls, raids, etc., empowering people to come together is the point, right? protecting people from a bad encounter or a bad engagement or a bad experience I think there's only so much you can do there's just there's morons in the world that are going to make things unenjoyable and you just have to you know as a player avoid those people you know and if it was end game matchmaking at the ground level you'd be at least blocking the micless thoughtless dum-dum who's like I'm going to do raid matchmaking and their microphone's like in their desk like no no you're not You, <laughs> if you want to do raid end game matchmaking plug your stupid microphone in you know and if you don't talk then vote to kick people are going to kick you well a clan could be really mean and kick people at the very very end there'd have to be a window for kick and again this is a system that Bungie would have to come up with so maybe this isn't going to happen anytime soon but there'd have to be a window for kicking them you can't once the encounter is going and you're completing the encounter and like you beat the boss and the loot drops once you're in the encounter you can't kick people right but if you wipe and everybody's standing around like during the rally flag time that's when you can vote to kick so if they do kick you at the very least they're not like robbing you of loot like you maybe they get mad at you or maybe they're just being douches at least you don't get kicked after helping beat the encounter they'd have to beat the encounter with somebody else right so next question ice cold if matchmaking was possible for raids what stops people from not wearing a mic i just addressed this uh 
who would be able to kick people that are bringing the team down? I just addressed this. If someone can kick people, they would have the power. Uh, they could be power hungry and kick someone they don't like. Yep. I just, I just, I just kind of answered this again. I understand and acknowledge that's a system Bungie would have to build. Vote to kick would only be active when the encounter is not happening. Like, once the encounter is happening, you can't vote to kick, right? Because you could be close to killing the boss and they kick you out and then they pull their buddy in and then they kill the boss and then the buddy, you know, their buddy gets the loot. You can't vote to kick during the encounter. But if you got some douchebag acting like an idiot and he's yelling and swearing or he went AFK for 15 minutes and he hasn't come back yet and you feel like moving on, you wipe the team, you're sitting at the beginning, and then you vote to kick. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. And if they're being douches, that, you know, that's on them. I mean, you can't, again, you can't control everybody's behavior. I, here's, here's the reality, okay? The number of people that would go into end game matchmaking with a couple of their buddies to be douchey or to kick you out or to be toxic, I think they would be in the minority. I think most people that would go into matchmaking, hey, it's Yacht Dog. I think most people would be would be open to would be open to like yeah i'll i'll i'm I'm trying to get this done dude i'm not going to go in and and kick people out and be dumb you know that's that's not that's not something that i think would be super super common so um what were we doing in there i did not need to come to ada i did not need to come to ada i am uh i'm i'm losing myself next question wraith's wraith resurgent says as a former raid sherpa i can't disagree more with matchmaking it will lead to awful first experiences to new raiders afk trolls no mics and an inability to kick troublemakers how can bungie give raids matchmaking to avoid these pitfalls i think i've spoken pretty well to everything that you just asked about number one as a raid sherpa you're probably familiar with and you use lfg or you have a group of people that you interact with maybe it's a discord maybe it's you know something like what we have here or something to that uh, degree the in my opinion okay this is my opinion this isn't provable in my opinion the minority of people that would throw themselves into raid matchmaking and act like total losers would be pretty small as long as you had a few hurdles in the way like the checkbox on their microphone they have to like say something you know I know voice recognition software is not in the game but they could at least have to like use their microphone and like show that it's working uh now you're saying it would lead to awful experiences this is a point that I made a lot in D1 I made this point about uh, King's Fall I always said King's Fall is procedurally difficult the first couple encounters aren't that hard you know there's nothing that is you know ball crushingly difficult it's just you do the thing slam the balls blah 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 like there's there's nothing there's nothing super elaborate going on right so I feel like the average player throwing themselves into matchmaking could get one or maybe two encounters beat, get a taste for raiding, and then add the people that are, you know, uh, that are actually not being dumb, and they could add those people to their friends list and then raid with them at a later time. And then that would enable them to sort of, like, get acclimated to and ease into raids. I'm not saying that, like, raid matchmaking would be, like, all peaches and rainbows, and you'd get in there and you'd one-shot the raid no problem, and then you'd be raiding every week, man. No, I'm not I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that <clears throat> you're giving people the chance to try. 
Now, Bungie may weigh it, and they may agree with Wraith. Wraith Resurgence saying, no way, it would lead to bad experiences. My thought process on it is simple. If you give people access to the content, let them decide whether or not they like it enough or it's good enough to keep trying to find people that aren't idiots, to find people that know what they're doing, right? You're not even giving people a chance. You're almost being paternalistic about it. No, 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 you dumb dumb. You don't use LFG. You'd rather it be in the game and we're going to decide for you. We don't want you to have a bad experience. We're going to decide for you. You're not allowed to have raid matchmaking. That's that's our decision for you, right? Ah, I'm on the other side. I'm like, let let them decide. It's up to them, right? Like people are really good filters. You, you right now listening to this talk, you're a great filter for a-holes, aren't you? Are you really going to play with some idiot? Are you going to play with a jerk? Are you going to stay in a group? No, you're going to filter that person out. Guys, this guy's a moron. Let's all send each other friend requests and get the frick out of here and try and rematch make again, right? You as a human being with a brain are a pretty good filter for jerks, idiots, and douchebags. Let the players do it. Again, I think the main concern would be they don't have a microphone. They don't know what the frick they're doing and no one's going to be patient with patient with like, you know, the the stay-at-home mom or dad or the 9-year-old that just keeps dying and running off the map. Like I think that would be awkward and hard, but don't underestimate don't underestimate the power of the goodness of people as well as the power of people just to naturally filter out the morons, right? You know, the mic issue, I think, would be a bigger issue. It'd be harder to maybe detect that or have good mic quality. I think that's more of an issue than like, oh, people might have a bad experience and play with a jerk. You see what I'm saying? I don't know. Um, and what Chevy's saying is something I've said many, many times. If they add matchmaking, you don't have to to use it if you have a clan if you have buddies that you raid with on a friday night if you have great experiences and and a good track record with lfg then keep doing that you know what i mean i don't i don't think it would get in the way of your experience at all uh vigi says i started d2 on pc very late and because of no matchmaking i find it hard to get where others are uh, or at, do you believe there is a viable solution for this? I outlined a lot of solutions that I think would help you. You need to acknowledge a lot of the game d- already has matchmaking. What you can't access isn't the majority of the content, but I am trying to bring that content down to you, okay? Let's be honest about the situation. Nightfalls aren't accessible to you. There's two quests now that have quest steps that don't have matchmaking, and then there's raids. And Trials isn't here anymore, but Trials didn't have matchmaking. You had to have a team going in, right? That's not the majority of the content. Dailies, Strikes, Patrols, Forge, Gambit, all that has matchmaking, right? Now, Blindwell doesn't, but Blindwell's pretty good about putting people in the instance. I've never once been in the Blindwell and not had people in my instance, right? And Escalation Protocol, same deal. Typically, there's people around that are kind of trying to help do it. Now, that's probably going down with time, but I don't honestly think you're staring down the barrel of like, I can't get anything done because there's no matchmaking. I'm merely trying to say that 
Um, I'm, I'm really trying to say you should be able to have access to more of the content. I couldn't pick that, uh, that battery up. I don't know what's going on. So let's be honest about the situation here. You're not being kept from the game or from leveling. Shattered Throne. Shattered Throne can be, I think, is acceptable. I, pro- I, I probably should have included that in my talk. I should have included my, that in my talk. I think there are some things that probably should not have matchmaking. But I'm going to disagree with myself. Maybe, maybe Shattered Throne should have matchmaking, right? Again, it should have end game matchmaking. I think we have the solution. The solution is the solution is, hey, you got to go through end game matchmaking if you're going to do if you're going to do Shattered Throne. Your mic has to be plugged in. You have to you have to be, you know, of a certain power level. You have to, you know, you have to kind of not not prove you know what you're doing, but like you have to be able to, you know, you have to be qualified to get in, you know. So you don't go in and, and ruin it for somebody else. Not generic matchmaking. I think it would need the the end game matchmaking that we have described. So that people are going to do the Shattered Throne. They at the very least have a microphone plugged in. Holy hand grenade. I know you're not a PvP player, but do you think you shouldn't be allowed to reset your glory rank? It's kind of hard being brave and knowing you're going against consistent people with the not forgotten. Yeah, I mean, this harkens back to something I talked about a little bit earlier. I just don't know if they can go in and really make an elaborate matchmaking system because, number one, it's not that style of game. The game really isn't there yet. The imbalance, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about an imbalance in the game that, so what are they supposed to do? You are one of the... We have to admit something. I don't have the internal data, but we have to admit that this is generally true, Okay. The amount of people that are really, really high ranked and high, high experience and are running around with a not forgotten or a Luna's, they're the minority. They're, they're, there are less of them. They're not the majority, right? They're not the majority. And because of that, I think you're, you're dealing with a really unfair stipulation. Like, oh, you're, you're, you've got so many hours logged and you have this gun. You can't play against all these people over here that don't have that gun. Well, you've basically just punished somebody as a part of their their achievement. Congratulations, you put all these hours in and you got your Lunas and now you got your Not Forgotten. Your matchmaking has been sequestered and takes forever and you're going to play the same 30 people uh, every week, right? Can't reset glory. Does he mean having glory reset every season? I'm not sure what he means. Like, I wasn't even aware of that. I thought you could reset uh, your glory, but even still, the question still stands. Like, he doesn't want to play against people that have really good gear. You can't reward somebody. That's like, that's the problem with Gambit when you get to Legend, right? When you get to Legend, it's like, congratulations, you just made it to Legend. Uh, You get no points for losses. You only get points for for wins. So, have fun spinning your wheels. You just earned Legend and we've closed the, uh, we've closed the gap on efficiency for you. It's harder for you to rank up now. How is that a proper reward? Like, how to be a proper reward to be like, You've you've got, you've earned this gun, and so now your matchmaking takes forever, and your player pool your player pool is dramatically shrunk. Like I don't think that's the proper, uh, you know, your respect, your you know, your response. If your reward is crapping on lower tier players, then you're you're the problem with this community. I'm not saying they should be rewarded with just taking a dump on every player that just touched a controller for the first time in their life, but you can't, like I said, you can't punish them either. You can't be like, congratulations, you grinded all the way here, now your experience is going to get worse. Like, think about it, that doesn't make any sense. 
That's so illogical to be like, hey man, you did all this hard work to get this gun, and because you have this gun and you've, you've made it clear that you're a good player, your experience is going to get real, real crappy. I, that just doesn't make, oh, but the poor, the poor casuals, the poor casuals. Aren't there more casuals? Aren't there more low-tier players than there are high-tier players? Aren't there more players without Lunas and Not Forgotten? So isn't the odds in your favor to face people who don't have those guns? Like, now, maybe it's an unfair sampling, right? Maybe it's an unfair sample rate. Maybe the amount of people with those guns in matchmaking at the time you're playing is higher because a lot of people that don't have the gun aren't playing any longer. The committed daily, you know, homies that are in the matchmaking have the gun, right? There's more of them. It's just one of those things that I don't think can be legislated for. You know, suck it up and play has to be said sometimes, not every time, but I think that's the challenge. Do you want do you want there to be really good rewards for people who grind and play a lot of PvP? If you want really good rewards like that, they're going to be rewards that have a benefit. Those rewards that have a benefit are going to frustrate the people that don't have it. But again, you can't reward somebody with a diminished experience because they got oh, you got a strong weapon, so now your PvP experience is going to be diminished and harmed. That's I th- I think that's such a backwards way of thinking about the situation. And then people could figure out ways to maybe not have it apply, right? They could unequip the weapon or throw it in the vault with Dim, and then they'd, they'd match people anyway, and then they'd drag it over with Dim, and, oh, we have to lock our loadouts. Like, I, there's just, you're, I, I feel like you're over, you're just, there, there's too much, there's way too much management there. There's way too much uh, management to the player. So, I have to remember to use my machine gun in this encounter on the gold bars. I'm forgetting that this is a great place to fill the frame, and I'm not doing it. It's Buddha time. How do you feel about not having to matchmake for strikes uh, as in able to do them alone or with just two people? Sorry for bumping the microphone. I would say uh, I would say that it'd be nice for the firewall option to be everywhere. If you're just wanting to run a strike by yourself, Let's say they bring matchmaking to Nightfalls. Maybe you just want to run a Nightfall by yourself. Maybe you're working on a challenge. Maybe you just want to blow up a Nightfall and go farm a, a lost sector for a bounty, and you don't want to ruin somebody else's experience. That's why Nightfalls are so good for that. Like, you don't you don't ruin somebody else's experience by loading into their Nightfall and not helping them, right? You're by yourself. So I think a firewall option or a quote-unquote solo option would be a really really good choice for all activities they did this for the haunted forest right they had the firewall option and one of the reasons that was so nice was if your buddy got disconnected or something you could you could essentially let him back in you could save his spot one of the problems with the forge is that if if your buddy gets disconnected or something he can't get back in the game takes his spot like almost immediately somebody gets thrown in and you're like oh sorry man you're all done you know a lot of the times we would fill we would fill the frame and be like man I wish I could go to the tower and come back before you guys finish this that'd be a really nice option no you can't if you leave your spot gets filled uh, so I, it would be it would be nice to have that that uh, that firewall option again that was a great great you know piece of the haunted forest that i think unveiled something they could do for you know all all content uh, all content like that next question is from rjii7 says do you think bungie could rethink their strategy of this game is intended to be played with friends and adjust it so you could just play uh with 
friends or solo how do you feel about that again we need to be accurate about summarizing the game i think the game has plenty to do for you if you're solo the point of this video and the point of my talk was that there are parts of the game that could afford to have matchmaking added to it to make more of the game accessible to everyone i've been playing solo off and on this entire morning and i haven't had a single issue i'm on pc too i've had a single issue matching i've had a single issue completing the forge um and i've been solo now milo's helping me and secret ghost was helping me a little bit ago but like i we did plenty of forge runs this morning that we did not have uh, i did not have people with me and i not once felt like i was at a detriment and not able to do the thing that uh, that i wanted to do you can you can play through this game solo just fine i'm just thinking of again ease of accessibility across the board for the game not just for some of the content but for as much of the content as possible uh, open those open those things up rooster cogburn in gambit do you think it would be cool uh, if you could stack portals uh, say your team doesn't invade up until 50 and that allows your full team to invade it's like a three minute pvp break what are your thoughts um i'm pretty animate that pvp is the problem with gambit and if they take pvp out of it or make it more it's okay to play against another team but make it more like tetris with strategy of like what you're sending and how you're sending it um i actually outlined an entire idea about how in the beginning you could pick we're going to do the hammer strategy we're going to do the spear strategy like it's an icon that you go stand on and when you stand on that icon the other team knows what you're like oh that's the strategy they're going for some of the strategies could be based off of speed some could be based off of damage and power like benefits and things that you would get uh, for running that strategy and then that would basically change the nature of the game you would be more like adapting to the strategy of the other team and then and changing what you're doing to you know in accordance to what with what they're doing and it would be less about pvp so having like a three minute pvp session that that idea is not going to get off the ground with me mainly because i i think pvp is the main culprit and the problem with gambit so more pvp is in my estimation uh that is not the answer that's not the answer uh, I think I think less of the PvP would be good. I mean, I'm even like I said, hoping that Joker's Wild is is less. You know. Um. Okay. Next question. Hey, go. Uh, he got game. He got game. Says. Hey, Lono. What do you think about adding new loot to Escalation Protocol, or at least giving Escalation Protocol armor random uh, random rolls? Seems like a waste to have the content sitting there and not really being engaged with anymore. I haven't done EP for months. I'm telling you what, man, they're sitting on a gold mine. They are sitting on an absolute gold mine of content. They really are. There are so many containers and things and loot, uh, loot pursuits that I think people would pursue if they would just fill the containers. As you're saying, you know give the give it the year two treatment right give the armor the year two treatment give the guns random rolls i i think there's a justification of that now that we have trench barrel on another gun that can drop random roll i think they could randomize all the weapons all the armor and then you know add bounties add all those things and and then then you're then you're basically giving people more containers similar to the forge and then more people are playing, more people are grinding. That's, that's essentially what you want, I think, 
in in Destiny is you want people playing and chasing loot and you're right there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of stuff just sitting on the sidelines now that could be repurposed and I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of that coming Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see more and more repurposing of old content um, that would then be utilized as you know, a, a content loop and a, and a loot pursuit. I, I definitely think you're, we're going to see more of that. And I think Escalation Protocol is just one example of, you know, how they could do that. Siri, uh, Siren Bayax. Siren says, I just found your channel a couple of months ago and I'm hooked. I love your content. My question is, What's been your favorite moment that you experienced playing D1 or D2? My favorite moment from D1 was when we finally killed Oryx on stream. I thought that was phenomenal. It, it's, it's a memory that I'll always have. And then that raid, that raid changed my life. It gave me a career in streaming because of what happened in the directory and how I was able to grow my channel with, <clears throat> excuse me, how I was able to grow my channel with the Taken King raid. The other, the other thing is in D2, I would say my favorite memory is Forsaken. Playing through the Forsaken campaign was, uh, was amazing. And I agree with Fallout plays in the chat. I think Oryx is still to this date the best antagonist. He's the best. His cutscenes were phenomenal. He looked amazing. He was a true villain. Okay. Now, now a close second. Two really great antagonists is Aldrin and the Barons. The Aldrin and Baron, that experience, that campaign, the cards as spiders like describing the Barons, that was phenomenal. Great art design, great direction, really, really awesome, awesome campaign. So that's my favorite memory from D2 is like the resurrection of Destiny with Forsaken. And it really felt like, man, we are turning a corner. What a great experience you know, in this, in this, uh, in this raid, I'm, I'm sorry, in this campaign. Um, so finally killing Oryx, you know, in the, in that raid on stream. And then that, you know, again, that raid changed my life. And then the campaign in Forsaken and, and taking down the, taking down the, the Barons and seeing the Barons was awesome. I like, I loved the Baron fights. I fought them by myself. I was always slightly under leveled. So it was just, that's the most fun I've had in content being like under leveled and it being somewhat challenging in all of Destiny is playing through those Baron fights. I absolutely loved them. They were so so good. Uh, it was such a great experience. Two boat. I wish there was matchmaking. Uh, I wish there was matchmaking for some of the old events like EP. Uh, or do you think Bungie has moved forward with that content? No, 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 no. I, I said in my talk, I think that's a perfect example of activities that need matchmaking. Blindwell needs matchmaking, right? Um, Escalation Protocol needs matchmaking. Any future content like it needs matchmaking. They are, uh, they're proving with the forges that it, it can work and people like it. I mean, they're, they are 100% proving that with the forges people like it they you know they really they really want more of it they it's it's it look the beauty of it is is it's the content's accessible you know who struggles i mean i know sometimes people struggle with the forges right they get in a bad group or or whatever and and they may fail but in general i think the forge experience has proven you can throw people together and they can have a really really great time you know 
I said it back when, and the thing is, is Chris Barrett liked this tweet, okay? I'm not, I'm not saying that's a feather in my cap. I'm saying somebody at Bungie thinks that this is true and needs to happen, okay? This was after Escalation Protocol. I said, let's stop being romantic about what might happen in the public space and empower players to have a dope time. Now, I said this after saying that, you know, nine-man escalation protocol was an absolute blast, right? He liked that tweet. I mean, th- that was basically the sentimentality, I think, of, the, con- of, the, of the, the, the players at that point was, dude, just empower us to play this stuff. What is this? I got to stand around and hope people are going to help. And, you know, you can nine-man people into the instance, and that's really fun. But it felt necessary, and then they nerfed it, and then it didn't feel necessary, and people got really mad, but, like, nerfing wasn't really the issue. The takeaway from people getting mad about Escalation Protocol was that we are having fun doing a nine-man activity. Give us more activities like this, right? Like, that was that, that was the takeaway. So, I'm going to continue to bang on that drum. Whether it's EP, whether it's Escalation Protocol, or it's Blindwell, or anything new they come out with, stop, again, stop being romantic about what people might do and just empower us to have a good time. We don't need, to like, oh, dude, it was amazing. We were in, we were on patrol and these guys came and helped. It's so awesome. Instead, it's like, no, nah, I can't get anybody to do it. It's freaking annoying. I keep getting paired with potatoes, right? Uh, so, Socia says, Aztec Cross did a vid recently talking about solo queuing and matchmaking. An idea that he saw on one of the forums would be to reward solo queues more glory for a win and less glory for a defeat. I feel like this would be a small reduction in team stacks and comp thoughts. Um, I don't think you'd see less stacks, no. I don't think somebody's gonna say... I'm going to play with a team less often because uh, they're giving more points to solos for a win and less for a loss. Generally, a team that's playing together like that, they're just rolling on folks, right? They're rolling on homies. Their efficiency is totally fine. Their games are going pretty fast. They might even be mercying people. So if that's the case, I don't think they're going to be wooed by more or less glory for wins and losses. I feel like they're they're more wooed by the fact of like we can roll together and just win after win after win. Now, that might be like a consolation prize for the solo queue players to be like this is bad, but at least I'm getting less losses, less point losses. At least I'm getting way more, you know, when I win. So, Cabal, do you think Bungie should make a mod that extends the duration of Trench Barrel to how it was before the nerf and the same to Box Breathing? Could that be good to compromise the nerf? Box Breathing just needs return to its former glory. I, I shouldn't have to use um, I shouldn't have to use a mod to put Box Breathing back where it should be, especially on the Scout from the Raid, right? If you could get the scout from the raid to get box breathing locked and kept, that'd be great. Now, PvP would be the problem, right? <clears throat> That's always the problem, isn't it? That's always the problem. You know, PvP would definitely be the problem here with respect to, like, hey, you, if, if people lock in box breathing, you know, you're, you're turning that scout into a two-tap, right? There'd have to be a way to hopefully, I guess, nuance how the damage gets multiplied in PvP so it wasn't two-tapping people. All you gotta do is get, you know, box breathing and just hold a corner, right? But in general, I, like, as far as Trench Barrel, my only thought on giving it to Trench Barrel would be, then you'd at least have some sort of a mod on shotguns that makes sense. Like, what mod are you gonna put on a shotgun 
right now. You know, you're not going to put Rampage spec or Surrounded spec on. Those are kind of the coveted mods at the moment. Um, so I would think, you know, increasing trench barrel duration would be a, an acceptable mod. Only problem is then is you just return when you do that. You return EP Shoddy to its former, its former glory, right? It basically is a, it basically is it's an exotic power weapon again in the energy slot that's why trench barrel had to get nerfed because it was functioning as a uh, it was functioning as a as a as an exotic power weapon and it shouldn't have been right and that that's like that's like the generic the generic problem with uh, EP shoddy pre-nerf is that it was and everybody hated me for saying this, but I'm like, this weapon is imbalanced. Who the heck cares if it's imbalanced in, in, in PvE? Well, it creates it, it creates a problem in my mind. Like, you're basically saying that you can have an exotic power weapon in the energy slot, and so loadouts become one-dimensional, everybody's using the same thing, power weapons get sort of jacked up, and are... And, and power weapons are sort of like, what are, what are we supposed to do with power weapons? Because they're weaker than this energy weapon. So then, you know, your power weapon, you know, variety gets shrunk as well. Kamikaze says, if they add matchmaking to older raids or nightfalls, how do you legislate people who are AFK or just want completions uh, and those actually chasing loot? I don't think there'd be a lot of AFKers, and we already addressed this with the voting thing, that you couldn't vote during the encounter but before an encounter starts you could do a vote to kick you don't want people to have the ability to kick you during the encounter right so it's you know hey we're almost done uh you know we're almost done so we're gonna kick this guy and then bring our buddy in so he gets the loot you know you don't want people to be able to do that but you still want people to be empowered to like get rid of some moron who's afk and if the host can kick people you're gonna have the toxic problem that we've already talked about where you could kick somebody uh, and then pull your buddy in. It'd be really easy if it was just the classic host situation that it is now. You know, you wouldn't want that to be the scenario, I don't think. You'd want to be able to, you know, know that I'm going to go into this matchmaking and I can't be I can't be kicked in the classic sense. So if people are going to kick me, it's going to be before we beat an encounter or after we beat an encounter. And in either scenario, I'm not getting robbed of loot that I rightfully earned. Obviously, it'd be a bummer if they did it, like, before the final encounter, you know, and you're trying to get... Riven would be a problem, because Riven, you get nothing for beating Riven, and they could kick you before, you know, you get to use your key, so they'd have to make a special clause there, and, like, the throne room would have to be considered an environment where no one can be kicked, you know? And if you go to orbit, you're you're leaving the fire team. These are all new systems that aren't presently in place that they would have to put in place, right? There's nothing in place uh, to 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 make that those different rules uh, effective. Spawnman seventy three, competitive is taking way too long to find matches. What should or could Bungie do? Twenty five matches for broadsword is taking forever. Uh, I don't know if it's population drought. Uh, I don't know if they've added... I thought they said they added new... um, Like a new way of matching people. And if that's the case, then they need to revert it. I don't know. If they're trying... Again, knowing Bungie's history with skill-based matchmaking, 
they have a real bleeding heart for protecting bad players from good players. That's just that some somebody somebody plays that banjo at at Bungie on the daily. That's just a belief that is held there. Um, and I'm sure they're they're well-meaning and 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 good people that think that and and argue for that and but knowing that could be one of the things that's kind of behind right there's something there's something behind them saying mat, like competitive matchmaking taking longer right it again it could be as simple as just there's less people playing like the meta isn't super preferable right now so a lot of people might be just hanging up their spurs and not playing and saying nah dude i, I can't i can't take this this isn't this isn't enjoyable and if that's the case, you know, there's not a whole lot Bungie can do other than try and do a big sandbox update and reinvigorate that player base, which that could be why some of the PvP guys are at Bungie doing capture and testing because, you know, they're trying to figure out how can we make this more fun? How can we ramp this up and get people back into the player pool? Um, so. White Light says, do you think in Destiny 3 they might separate PvE and PvP or remove PvP entirely. I don't think they would remove PvP entirely because that's not a headline you want to see. You never want your game being talked about in in like the the net loss category, right? Bungie announces Destiny 3 will have PvP removed and it's like, well no, it's not removed. The game hasn't even been built yet. We're building it without it, but that would be the headline, right? <laughs> the headline would be they're taking things out of the game. Destiny 3 is going to have less content would be the headline. You know how these freaking like headline clickbait opera- operations work, you know what I'm saying? And on top of that, not only would it be negative press, there's a lot of people who play PVP on the regular and Bungie stands to capture a lot more of people, you know, to PVP a lot more people if they can get a good version of PVP off the ground. I think a really, really good Bungie PvP game could be very successful. It just has never been in a good place. And listen, I'm not blaming streamers, but streamers have never really helped in this regard. Streamers have been, and some of this, this isn't their fault, right? This isn't their fault. But streamers are basically a big giant megaphone about all the problems, Right? And they're not doing anything wrong when they do that. That's just symptomatic of what's going on, right? PvP is bad. PvP is imbalanced. PvP has, you know, overpowered stuff. So whenever you watch PvP players, it's like, I'm not going to try out that game. That's all they do is complain about it, right? That's something that Fortnite runs the risk of doing. But since it's such a low floor of entry game, it doesn't matter. They can add gimmicks that frustrate. See, what, what Fortnite does is actually genius to a certain extent. They actually get the really high skilled players, you know, to play because of the money, because of the prestige, because of the popularity, and then they become a, a, a megaphone for complaint about casualification in Fortnite, shrinking the skill gap, making it easier for people to get wins and kills. Well, if Tifu or anybody is complaining about that, that's actually a great commercial for your game. Oh man, this guy that's amazing is saying that, you know, this item's really easy to use and it's overpowered. I can't wait to go home and try that. I'm going to tear down dude's builds with boom boxes, right? So, the problem with Destiny historically is that the guys that play it day in, day out, every weekend in trials, there's just always been a pretty constant flow of 
this game is bad or this is imbalanced or this is broken and I think that just makes it really hard for people to want to play because then you go into the crucible and you die to a couple shotguns and you heard on reddit or a, or, a, or a stream that like shotguns were really strong and ruining the crucible and you're like yep sure is I just got killed by a shotgun three times in a row you're pushing choke points and you're playing like an idiot and your awareness is terrible but you got killed by a shotgun three times in a row and when you hear the community consistently complaining about those things that just sets the tone it's over you're not going to enjoy the pvp you're not going to play the pvp so there could be a significant you know reduction in player based engagement with pvp because of those things and that doesn't mean they remove it but i think separating it could be a really really strong move for the franchise so they could say we have an entirely new way of managing pvp so that it's it's quicker iterations quicker quicker updates more balanced right and they could even say if we add a really really strong gun to pve it's not going to break pvp and a lot of fans of pvp are going to hear that and that's going to whet their appetite you know nick von cannon uh would bringing all the d2 year one weapons up to year two standards with random rolls be good for the game how should they be introduced i i mean i've outlined this and how they could use the the old NPCs, right? Year one, I think I have a talk, uh, a video called Year One Loot, and I talk about this. Ada's bounties could go into that style of bounty, right? Devrim K could have a bounty, and one week it's the old fashioned, and one week it's another gun, and then you go to Drifter, and one week it's the Parcel of Stardust, and the next week it's the Trust. You can grab that bounty as many times as you want and grind for that weapon. You could do that with all of the old armor sets and the old weapons through those NPCs, right? The armor sets for Anna Bray, the guns, like the you know the Braytech Wolf auto rifle, things like that. You grab that bounty and you grind for the role that you want. Intentionality is there, the randoms there, the loot pursuits there, and the whole game opens up with tons of things to chase, you know? Maybe you just, you don't really like the threat level. Maybe you just really like the sound and the feel of Hawthorne shotgun and you want to try to get a trench barrel version. Go ahead, grind for grind for it when, when Devrim King has the bounty, you know? And then that repurposes all that content, gives a lot more variety. Now, people are like, well, that's not really new loot, right? That's recycled loot. Yeah, but that loot never got a chance to really live. It was it was during double primary. It was during static rolls. All that loot being left behind is a huge disappointment, a humongous disappointment. That loot's cool. It feels different. It's It gives people that sense of like... I got all the rolls I want, I feel really awesome, and I look the way that I want too. I got a full set from IO, and I love the way the IO armor looks, right? And the guy next to them basically has the same rolls, but he's got a full set from Escalation Protocol, or Anna Bray's armor set is really cool looking too, you know? Like, and those weapons, you know, the 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 Manananan or the Braytech the Braytech Winter Wolf auto rifle that she has. You could get some really good rolls on those guns. What was the Braytech? What was the what was the RPM? That could be a solid get, uh, end game auto rifle like the uh, like the Half Dan, you know? Grind Brother Vance for his his armor sets are so cool. And then all those forge weapons from Brother Vance. Rotate those weekly. That's a win. That's a giant win. If they don't do that, I will be actually shocked. I actually think it's a pretty easy prediction to make that that change is probably on the horizon. Uh, TK Faded. Do you think the split from Activision could maybe result in continuous content in D2 compared to rolling out D3? Have to be honest, I really don't want to purchase a whole other game. 
I don't know why you wouldn't want to purchase a whole other game. If they're going to launch a brand new Destiny in 2020 or 2021, which is a year, which is two, almost two entire years to three entire years from now, somewhere between two to three years, why would you not want to buy a whole new game? Why would you not want to start over? That's fun. Rebuilding skill trees, getting new abilities, getting new supers, getting new gear, new planets, new bosses, new everything. Like, I don't really understand why anybody would push against that. I, that that is, uh, there's something there's something mind-boggling about that to me. I you know I. That seems like a great great time frame, and that's a long time from now. Just continuing to add to Destiny, two. Uh, to me, I don't think is the the best the best way. I real I really and truly don't. I don't think it's the best way forward. I think that there is um, there's far more that could be done in a new game and far more quality that could be you know had if uh, if they were to do a like a brand new. Uh, game and the reason I think that is it it generates far more buzz and excitement and that's just one thing that I think even if you don't want them to do it it's needed it's needed even if you're like no they shouldn't do that they should focus more on this or they should focus more focus more on that or you know whatever the case may be wherever you land on it um, I I happen to think that that is that's the only really way to save the franchise. Number one, a new title gives them an opportunity to do a new engine, dedicated servers, new quality standards, right? You can't do that if you keep building in D2. There's another problem with that. D2 is incredibly limited. It's outdated. There's new consoles on the horizon. Staying in this container, staying in this engine, staying in this this game and, 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 and stage is a mistake. I don't think they can do it. What they can do, though, is they can say, listen, Activision wanted us to launch Destiny 3 in 2020. If we take till 2021, we can pivot to another engine, build a massive game, make it be significantly better and different, and really deliver the Destiny we've always wanted to deliver. It's just a matter of figuring out how to navigate drip feed content all the way to that, right? I think that is that is going to benefit us more than insisting on a timetable that's unreasonable or a timetable that forces them to just keep dumping content into Destiny 2 or a timetable that makes Destiny 3 shallow, right? The 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 benefit to us if they pivoted to a better engine, a more agile engine, we benefit for a couple of reasons. Number one, the game could be bigger, look better, run better, better optimized for the Xbox One to the new console to the PC. Like there'd be a really, really nice optimization of the graphics and it would look really nice and run really nice. The the, the areas could be larger. The updates could come quicker. When they start drip feeding content into that game, those could be more substantive, more more beefy updates than what we're getting here because of how long it takes them to develop in this engine. There's a lot. There is a lot that we gain by waiting a little bit longer and pivoting to a new engine. You're just going to dial in the same old, same old if you don't do that, and I don't think the same old, same old is going to work. You're going to hit that wall where it's like, dude, the new consoles are cranking out games that make Destiny look like a freaking joke. Why? You're running ancient tech to a degree in the technological realm. It's ancient. The tech is ancient. And 
you would you would want to see you would want to see those pivots and those changes to make the game better in the long run play the long game right i always say that with streaming play the long game don't play the short game chef z why do you think Bungie never updates old content? Seems like an easy way to add things. New weapons and escalation protocol, add weapons to blind well, new year one raid guns. Feels like missed opportunities. I think this is coming, and somebody already asked about this. I think this is coming because it's an easy win. It's an easy win, and I think the reason they didn't do it with Forsaken, they wanted there to be a clear break and shift when Forsaken launched. A clear break, a clear shift when Forsaken launches. And then, and then they can be like, okay, now that stuff that kind of got left behind, we're giving all that stuff a facelift and there's a reason for you to chase it, you know? And I know some people be like, why do I care? I already have a great set of armor. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I would probably chase, I would probably chase, uh, armor and, and, and sets of, and sets of guns and stuff. I would probably do that. I would because I think it would be fun and I think it would being able to kind of make myself look the way that I want I think would be I think would be awesome there are some really really cool armor sets in the game you know I think there's some really really cool stuff you're gonna sit down I'm gonna teach you a lesson ready alright so in life sitting in water like that's gonna give you leeches alright hang on a second Sorry, if you can't see, you're listening to the audio version. There was a guy in front of me, and he sat down on the water, so I I got out the Captain America chair. Big Silver 97, does the Forge Armor drop with Enhanced Perks? No, it does not. Enhanced Perks is a very very easy room. Uh, It's an area that's, I think, good for improvement. Either letting us enhance perks with Enhancement Cores, or... Or... um, Giving us the opportunity to infused perks maybe there's a couple of things I think they could do I think there's a couple of things they could do with it I'm gonna go to Valender uh, cause I'm gonna knock out a, I'm gonna knock out basically every bounty with one run uh Killick Mad Skills. I see a lot of people talk about perk diversity and the need for additional sources of enhanced perks, but what about stat diversity? Example, allow raid armor to roll as recovery instead of mobility. It would add another level of grind and allow for a new set of diversity, in my opinion. This is a perfect example of why the raid needs its own internal currency and the ability to re-roll the gear, right? If you don't want mobility armor and you want recovery. This is a perfect example of why that idea should happen, and I agree with you. Uh, Enhanced perks should maybe have a very, very extremely high chance of dropping on raid gear and game gear. And then, right? And then you could say, all right, now you can either infuse enhanced perks into other in, uh, like if you got enhanced hand cannon reloader maybe you could infuse that into regular hand cannon reloader or just use a ton of enhancement cores to upgrade hand cannon reloader into enhanced right um so we had the, the ability to reroll stats through masterwork they just need to add that ability back why it was taken out i will never understand my personal thought on that is i agree eugene's probably right they could probably just say hey you can now reroll again uh, by masterworking something. I think the masterworking system that they put in was just a band-aid, and the real masterworking system that we got in Forsaken is like what they initially conceived it to be. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. That could be something that they do. Like, what if you fully masterwork something, and then once it's fully masterworked, you earn the right to just keep re-rolling it with masterwork cores 
until you get the, you know, the mobility, the recovery, or whatever that you want. Deeds263. Do you think matching matchmaking nightfalls and raids would have issues with players communicating improper loadouts, issues with content that requires special mechanics? Uh, matchmaking in this content is great, but the players have to be competent. Yeah, I already addressed this by saying it would be endgame matchmaking that would put a little bit of a hurdle in the way of the person getting in. It would check for a microphone, and then maybe even if it was a nightfall, you know, make recommendations about the loadout. Like, hey, it looks like you're running, you know, two sidearms. Uh, you're probably going to struggle in this nightfall. Maybe try to have, you know, a little bit of a better loadout. Burns don't necessarily matter in nightfall because I said in the in the endgame matchmaking, the cards could be. Uh, disabled, so you could you could basically make it to where the the challenge card isn't active, so you don't have to worry about uh, you know burns not being you know acknowledged, right? Defeat enemies with power weapons while participating. Defeat enemies with machine gun, dude. We are really gonna um, we are really gonna rip through these bounties. This is nice when they uh, when they complement each other so so well. Uh, next question, quick and the deadly. Do you think people would be more frustrated with matchmaking if Bungie added it to all events, including the game, uh, the end game content such as raids, if they kept getting matched with weaker players and not getting a successful result? As I said in the talk, and as I said, you know, kind of in this Q and A, as we've talked about it, I, I think people would slowly meet others that know what they're doing and add them to their friends list. I don't think the idea of matchmaking is to be like. Nobody's going to argue. You're going to have a perfect experience every time, dude. It's going to be amazing. You're you're going to win. It's going to be awesome. You're going to one-shot the raid boss. Like, that's not anything that I think that anybody's suggesting with matchmaking. That doesn't even happen in LFG, right? It doesn't it doesn't happen there. So it's not going it's certainly not going to happen uh, you know, with with matchmaking. But I do think you would meet, you would probably meet enough competent people to just slowly but surely kind of like add your your fill your roster with folks that are nice they know what they're doing they're at the same time as you oh you're a working dad too yeah dude friday nights is such a good time slot for me awesome man nice to meet you let me add you to my friends list yeah i don't know i don't know what this kid's doing he's yelling and screaming let's 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 back out and let's uh let's try and let's try and match and find a new team right i i don't know again Stop being stop being so paternalistic. Like let people figure it out on their own, and and not be like we need to protect you from bad experiences. I mean, I, let people sort it out. I, like okay, I'll give you an example. I did that LFG joke raid that one time with those kids, and it was hysterical. I was grunting like an idiot. We called it tennis raider. You know, I was grunting like a tennis player. Well, I mean, that was really funny, and those kids actually knew what they were doing. They were a riot. We all had a good time, and then it was over and done with. That was like the second time I ever tried to do that. Now, someone might be like, well, Lona, you got really lucky. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm partial to thinking the day-to-day people that are in the game, if you put just enough hurdles in their way for raid matchmaking, I feel like you'd meet a lot of people. You'd meet a lot of dope homies. You know, and that'd be fun for streamers. Streamers could throw themselves in a matchmaking and be like, yo, what's good, man? Let's get this done. Yeah, let's. Uh, I got some people with me. Let's go. And you could try and do some harmless pranks. Harmless pranks. My prank was harmless. We did it. We had some laughs, and then we offered to help them. You know, I had self-righteous people being like, oh, isn't that the guy that, like, would trick people and waste their time in raids? No, you're not familiar with my content, and you're a douchebag. That's not what I did. I literally joked around and grunted and then said, hey, if you guys want help doing this, I've got people that can help because they had somebody quit you know right at the beginning so 
you know single dad of three I have no time slots it's whenever I can I mean that's good input though you know what I mean there would be people like you too your stars would align you'd group up and some dude would join and you'd be like oh man what's good how are you oh yeah I'm a I'm a fan of that team too I'm a fan of that sports team too oh yeah dude blah 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 like you just meet people and you raid again I think there are plenty of people in the player pool that are just like you the person listening to this they're just like you and they'd be nice and they'd get it done and the douchebags can fall by the wayside and they're probably in the minority anyway. Mac2099. With the only truly six-man activities being raid in PvP, could adding a more grindable six-man activity be the answer? For example, six-man forge, strikes, or even bumping Gambit up to 6v6. I mean, we're getting a new 6v6 activity in Penumbra. I don't know what that is. Um, I don't know what that is. What if, what if the new six-man activity coming in Penumbra is a raid randomizer, Right? You go in with your buds and it randomize it uses the infinite forest and you do like the bridge encounter at Crota and then all of a sudden you're in Oryx's room. You're like the frick? Wouldn't that be cool? Oh my gosh. Like I'm getting excited just thinking about that. <laughs> like, oh man, we, we just did the Templar and we're in we're in the Axis room. Oh my gosh, it's a it's a Wrath Vog combo, you know? It'd be all these inner working parts. That'd be cool. That'd be a new six-man activity for sure. I I just pulled that out of the air. That's probably unlikely to happen. I'm sorry I just put that desire in your heart. But, I mean, uh, it, it, new six-man activities are on the horizon, so I do think Bungie sees that there is, there's, it, there's at the very least potential for them to be added uh, to the game. Definitely. So, I would love to see more. Uh, Snake Doctor, should... They just make matching for everything except raids until a new raid is released. Something like that. Like, I think once a raid, you know, becomes less relevant, you would that would help with a couple of things. The people going into matchmaking would probably be a little bit more invested in getting it done, right? If you're going into a raid two to three months after it's out, you know, are you going to go in? Are you really going to be, like, going in there like a dum-dum and, you know... Now, this could be completely backwards. We could have it backwards. It could be, no, you want to have matchmaking in there at the height of it because that's when people are actually trying to match and you're going to really limit the player pool if you don't do it at the height of it. You know what I mean? I don't know. There's a lot of ways to, to approach it. As long as Bungie was open to things going well or not going well, um, I think I think it would have a lot of potential to actually work and give people good encounters and good experiences instead of feeling like it's just going to be terrible nobody would use it and the people that use it would want to die and uninstall the game like i don't i think we get really melodramatic and really hyperbolic um when we when we talk about this subject saving annihilator what about if bungie uh what about if Bungie did something similar to the board in Monster Hunter, where people could put up missions uh, for nightfalls and raids? Oh yeah, like a like a request board. That's basically like what people were talking about earlier, like an in-game LFG. That's essentially what that would look like. Next question is from Rusty. Compared to games like Overwatch and CSGO, doing competitive so well already, Bungie just hasn't seemed interested in making a truly competitive playlist. But they had it right in Halo 2 and 3. Why not bring back a simple 1 to 50 system and matchmake based on that solo or four stack? I have no idea. I have no idea why they can't just pull from their own resources of how, you know, how they did it in Halo and why can't they just do it again? Why can't they replicate it? I don't know. I don't know if there's not enough players. I don't know if the 
um, the interfaces and the architectures that they built just aren't conducive for it. I, I just don't know. It does seem strange that everyone talks. Everyone talks about how good it was in Halo. And then it's like, but it just doesn't, it just isn't, for whatever reason, just bad in, in, in this game. It just doesn't seem to work. I don't know. I really and truly don't. Um, I, I would hope we're going to buy a powerful. I know I wasted a bunch of modulus reports there, but I want to buy a powerful and try and try for the Jotun. Um, I don't know. It could just be that they think it's, it's like Fortnite, right? It's like Fortnite. It's a false sense of relevancy. You're always changing the meta. You're always changing the sandbox. So it's always different. It's always new. Maybe it's, maybe it's on purpose. Maybe it's manufactured. I don't know. Next question from, uh, sky, uh, sky crew, sky crew, maybe a fan of the 100. Uh, when is faction rally coming back and how long will it last? I don't know. I don't have the, any inside, any inside information about it at all. What's good. Ash Christ. Isn't this so much better? Isn't this so much better? This layout Mac 2099. Uh, actually shout out to rogue Calypso for this layout. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, a highlight on Twitch, you're here live right now. Rogue Calypso, a 12 month sub to the channel, uh, did a little Photoshop and created this layout. And I basically just recreated it. And I absolutely love this. I love it. Mac 2099 says building on my previous question for six man activities. What about a six man patrol? but only have it available on the Flashpoint planet and maybe increasing the light level of the yellow bars in the population. Hard mode Flashpoints, basically. My hope would be, my hope would be if they build this game in a different engine and it's bigger and it's better, my hope would be that they would be, they would be giving us larger areas and larger patrol teams. Uh, That would be my hope. To me, it's going to get a little funky. I got to use dim. To me, it's a pretty big disappointment that they're they're still we're still dealing with these like small, you know, instanceable areas. There's only so many people in the instance. Like I I definitely am not a fan of that. I'm not. So having a larger patrol does a couple of things. The public events can be so much bigger, right? Public events are pretty basic right now. Did you ever play... Did you ever play... Um, Oh, gosh. 30, 30 and so game is going to kill me that I forgot the name of the game. Dadgummit. That game with huge public events, huge boss fights. And I recently played, like, a slightly remastered version. Defiance. I remembered it. Haha. Without chat's help. Defiance had these enormous, enormous public events and boss fights. And it was... It was pretty cool. It was neat, you know? And and I think if people are like, who cares about six-man patrol? Six-man patrol would be symptomatic of a shift in the game in general, right? So you would be, you wouldn't be like, oh, the game is amazing now because of this. It would be like, no, the, the, the game is, the game is bigger and better now. There's better, right? Just better stuff going on. Too bad 2050 is nothing new. I, they missed an opportunity with Defiance to just rebuild the game. 
if they would have rebuilt the game and kept it how it was, but just made it look and run way better, I would have played the crap out of that. But it felt like I was playing a super dated console game. The engine and the feel and like the the movement, it just felt bad. It did not feel crisp. It did not feel good. I felt like I was playing an old timey arcade game on like my Xbox 360, you know? That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate because they had a lot of great ideas in Defiance, and I believe the look and feel of the game is holding it back big time. Big time. Uh, kills for respect. How do you feel uh, feel the player count will be for Joker's Wild if there's no new raid coming out? We need to remember that the raids are get get a small percentage of engagement, so not having a raid is not going to affect the daily player count. raids are the the 10%, you know, and I think those people will keep playing if, as I've said, right, I think that they, the best course of action for Gambit Pinnacle, the best course of action for Gambit Pinnacle is for them to say, okay, no PvP, we're taking PvP out of it, right? And I think that would make people say, you know, they would, I think more people would play it. I think it would get better engagement. I think more people would enjoy it, especially if they made it like really, really hard and challenging. Uh, I think it could be really enjoyable. If they, if they dial in just more gamut and it's harder and people can still invade and, and be PVP and make you want to pull your hair out, then I think the content's in trouble, personally. I think, I think Joker's Wild... I think Joker's Wild is in trouble if that's kind of what they're going to... If they dial that in, then I think Joker's Wild's in trouble. Um, now, that doesn't mean that they can't they can't iterate on Gambit and make it better. That, like, Gambit's basically, you know, a, a, sailed, a sailed ship. But I, I'm telling you, Gambit... I just don't think Gambit's doing very well right now. The fact that they're asking for feedback communicates that to us. Uh, you know, the fact that they're bringing people out for capture events and they're having people come out and play content tells me that they're trying to, they're trying to wrangle this thing in to figure out like, how can Gambit be, you know, how can Gambit be like a, a foundational pillar of weekly activity? You know, I just don't think it's that right now. Law 101 with the introduction of the new Obsidian Radiance weapon effects, do you think Bungie are moving towards animated shaders, visual effects uh, for us to obtain? Oh, I would love that. I hope so. That'd be awesome. That'd be so great, wouldn't it? Um, to have them do that, to go to that. I mean, I, I love when you can change the way stuff looks. It's just, it's always exciting uh, to have like your your own like look and feel to your weapons, you know. And then that to me is a great is a great great place to decide to say okay not only are we going to give you decorative things for your um for your guns and stuff that's a great thing to tie into npc rank why do you want to level up your like your rank with drifter well you could get access to really really cool ornaments for the weapons like if you look at the ornaments in the if you look at the ornaments inside of the the eververse right there is there's this sense of like oh cool these guns look really really neat and then when they do that they're you're you're dealing you're dealing with like this oh there's an investment here i'm making myself look different and you could do that with all the npcs vanguard the crucible etc you know 
Now, my travel plans just came through. I need to kind of read this out loud so I don't make a mistake here. I'll be leaving Thursday very, very late, and I'll be getting back early morning fr- uh, Friday. Oh, that this this can be this is gonna be brutal. I'll be flying overnight basically. Yeah, that's fine. That'll work. It's gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough, but it's gonna be worth it. It looks like I won't miss out on any of the activities um, for uh, this situation. So. Um, I will double check that and, and confirm those those things. So it looks like I am going to be out of town next week, uh, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday through uh, Friday. So uh, Wednesday through Friday, and I can't tell you what I'm doing yet, but I'm very excited. It's a great opportunity, and uh, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Okay. Anyway. 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 Sorry. If those of you listening to this, I just got off track, and I apologize. I, I, I strive for quality for those of you that listen to the audio version elsewhere. So yes to this question. Give us cosmetics. Give us visual effects on our guns, and let that be an investment path in an NPC. The more you play Crucible or Gambit or or Run Strikes, you level up with that NPC and get cooler ornaments for both the armor you've been grinding for as well as the guns. Think about the armor that you could grind for on IO having ornamental things that happen to it or the guns the guns from you know Devrim could end up looking cooler if you rank him up enough there's a lot of potential there there's a lot of potential there uh AJD 0718 was matchmaking in D1 the same as it is now in D2 uh maybe because I never noticed but I remember matchmaking being better in D1 or am I tripping you're not tripping I mean I think there was something better about the matchmaking in D1 I don't know why I, I don't know why um it could have been anything it could have been because they they had a bigger player base it could have been because it was um maybe it was a simpler matchmaking maybe they've tried to add things that have complicated it i i honestly don't know what to tell you but i i do think that matchmaking was better in d1 now matchmaking in d1 did get a lot of complaints near the end and i think near the end was when they were trying to add skill-based matchmaking and other things to the algorithms and when they did that that's when we got the most complaints about matchmaking that seems to be a precursor to a lot of the things that we're living with and dealing with now like they're just they are trying to create this like let's protect the bad players idea and i think it hurts matchmaking I really do. So, Toxic, uh, Toxic Kama Sutra. I love this name every time. Toxic Kama Sutra. What if Crucible was a separate application? It would connect you to your account, so you have your weapons, but they work drastically different because of the programming. I mean, you're essentially giving a solution to a problem that's a bigger problem, like creating two games, creating two things they have to load and open. Um, guys, he's kidding. I'm not in an Old Spice commercial. John, stop debating everybody. Um, I don't, this sounds great, but then that would create a ton of other problems. Like, you fragment the player base, right? The reason this works is you load up the director and you can click and go wherever you want. You're in the game. The minute you you splice up the player base, this is I always come back to this. 343 with Halo and Respawn with Titanfall said that they were no longer going to charge for maps because it fragments the player base and there's a lot of things that happen when you do that. Right? It hurts the matchmaking, it hurts connection quality, the very quality and integrity of the game gets harmed simply because you're charging money for maps. That gets way way worse when you have literally two games that need to be opened. You know what I'm saying? 
So I don't think that's an actual solution. Classified. Why are we ignoring the elephant in the room? Four stacks actively dodge other four stacks. Shouldn't Bungie get rid of the indicator showing when players are joining? Wouldn't that help four stacks versus solos a bit? I mean, as a solo player, you can avoid four stacks by doing the same thing. Either scenario, you're just take making matchmaking take longer. So, sure, that might help, but then you're taking that power away from solo players as well. During the demo, I dodged four stacks by literally doing that. If I saw the number jump by four, I would cancel matchmaking. But when I saw it would go like one, two, three, four, it would like just keep like adding people. I don't, I don't think that this solves anything because you take that ability away from solo players as well. Evo, if they put matchmaking on more activities, could they put a power level requirement that you can pick from? Yeah, that's a good idea. This goes in line with us saying it would be called end game matchmaking, so it requires a mic, there's stipulations, there's hurdles. So if you don't feel like playing with somebody who's below the 31 delta, you could say 32 or higher or whatever, like 631 or higher, so you know you're not carrying and dragging some low light level person through the encounters. Uh, Ness2430 in Gambit do you think it would be helpful if you have to choose your assignment before you get put into a match it could alleviate confusion of who's invading in other words invaders will be matched with three non-invaders um this this goes back to something that I said they could do a long time ago and I again this is pretty elaborate but I said why not have somebody fill out a profile like you could fill out a Gambit profile and you're like I love invading. I invade every time. And then there are people who are like, I hate invading. I don't want to invade. My loadout's not built for invasion, right? I, I would raise my hand and I would say, I don't like to invade. I would, I would check that box. Now, you have to give people the option to uncheck that box because they might be working on a quest or a bounty that requires them to invade, right? But I do think that'd be pretty cool. Like today, I don't feel like invading. So you check non-invader box before you match like a filter uh, as Snags is saying. And then you could uncheck it and check something else that could help because then you could do that. You could basically have people that would just understand like I'm the invader, right? That's that's more systems that they're not probably equipped to build right now, but that's good information for them going forward. If you're going to have game modes like this where there are clearly almost defined roles that you're fulfilling as a player, filling that out ahead of time helps with matchmaking. Again, not now, but this could inform future game modes and decisions they make with the franchise going forward. Matrix says, I think the main purpose of matchmaking in raids would be a mess is that a lot of people would go in not knowing what the experience is like. Do you think they could prepare players for raids so they know uh, the game is not going to hold their hand in terms of what needs to be done? <clears throat> I, th- I think we're giving people a hard a hard rap when we say things like this. I get where you're coming from. I do. I totally get where you're coming from. It's like, dude, would anybody even like know what to do for the beginning encounter? Like, Where would they stand? What would they do? How would they do it, right? So, but you also have to understand that people are, people are pretty quick to figure things out. People are also pretty quick to say, I watched a YouTube guys. I'll tell you what to do. You know, there's always a know-it-all Charlie in the group. Typically there's somebody in the group. That's like, I watched a video and Dado says to do it this way. Right. And then everybody just kind of starts listening to that guy. Um, and there's another guy that chimes in and is like, well, I actually watched this guy do it this way or whatever. I watched glad and this is how glad does it. In any case, I think you're giving people a pretty a pretty bad rap by acting like they either one couldn't figure it out or two 
that they're completely and utterly clueless. Like, they're going to throw themselves into matchmaking and be like, well, let's just see what happens, man. Maybe the, are we going to be on a merry-go-round or what? Like, I don't think it's, I don't think that's, I, I don't think people are at that level of intelligence. I, I they're, they're, I'm, I'm sure there are people in there that would be very, very uh, inexperienced and clueless. But again, I, I, I do. I think people could figure it out with, and, and let them decide. Let the player decide. Dude, this guy's a moron. Let's bounce him. Come on. He's not listening. He's he's muting his mic and doing something. You know, he's yelling at his kids. I don't want to play with this guy. Let's kick him out. You kick him out and you pull somebody else in from matchmaking. Hey, man, how you doing? We're trying to figure this out. Have you ever done this before? I, I honestly think people would do that. You'll stick to LFG? I don't know. I, I think I think it would be like LFG with a little less quality but it could get better over time. Again, you're empowering people just to fill their roster with people that know what they're doing or at least are going to talk and help figure it out. Heavy Metal Mama. Can you see a company like Discord being fully integrated into Destiny? Integrated LFG and voice chat. I I could see that happening. I mean, I, I don't really know what Discord's pivot is right now. Are they trying to become a business solution? Or are they trying to get on the consoles? I'm not actually sure what Discord's plan is, but I could see them doing that. Games all, like, it'd be very easy to go up to approach a game, even like Anthem, and say, listen, we know in-game voice chat's difficult. It usually sounds like garbage, whether it's Call of Duty, you know, Bungie, uh, Destiny, or any other game. We can be your solution. We're becoming an app on this platform, and we can interface with the game. And then there, we can integrate and have it be seamless for both LFG, finding groups, organizing clans, etc. And then that would be something that then Anthem would pay division, uh, Discord for. That's something that they don't have to develop. I don't know what in-game stuff Anthem has. I think Anthem's going to be pretty straightforward with matchmaking, but that could be a great solution to just say, you don't have to worry about that. Discord's taking care of everything. It's just, you know, get the app or whatever, and then it just runs in the background. Um, I, Is that likely? Again, I don't know. I don't know what Discord's choices are, what they want to do. I think a lot of the times the reason stuff like this doesn't get added in games is just because it's development time that they don't have, you know? Uh, Chapel says, with so much of the high-level activities being both meta and mechanically driven, what are your thoughts on a solution to combat against matching with random so it doesn't constantly feel like you're sh- the Sherpa and there's ill-equipped uh, people or bounty triumph chasers? Love your content. Again, I think a lot of what you guys bring up, it's not that it's invalid, it's just that you have to let the players kind of sort that out. You cannot, I don't think you can legislate to every layer, every every outlier, every potential outcome that could happen. I don't think Bungie can legislate all of that. And I think pretending that like, well, that might happen, right? You might get stuck with a couple of games in a row where you just keep getting potatoes. Okay, well, that happens in PvP. Like, that happens to me in Gambit. Whenever I play solo queue Gambit off stream, I, I swear I get paired with people who are who are wearing an eye patch staring at the ground and are using one joystick. I'm like, what are you doing? Right? I get paired with those people. Now, obviously, what does that do? I don't play Gambit all that often, solo, queue, off stream. Number one, I'm too busy, but number two, the, the experience isn't very good. So the point's well made. If you continue to have those bad experiences, eventually you walk away. But one of the main reasons I don't play Gambit is because I there's the reward structure is too random, right? 
if there if there are really good potential rewards in the raid, I think people would put up with it and eventually would try and like again add people to their roster. Again, I'll keep making the point. It's actually a really good analogy. Typically, when do I play Gambit? If I need something, right? I really need something. I'm working on a quest, and then I play with my buds. I have found people through my stream. Obviously, I have an unfair advantage, but I've found people through my stream that know how to play Gambit. Don't you think over time, if the in-game, you know, communication was more streamlined and I could talk to people, I would eventually find people that know how to raid, and then if I'm going to raid, I'm going to raid with those people, and matchmaking would have served its purpose. You know, if there's four or five of us that have kind of figured it out and know what we're doing and we need two more, we might be like, well, let's throw ourselves into matchmaking. Let's see if we can find some people. You know, how many teams go through that experience as well? JD Gamer, do you think for Bungie to save some money for future DLCs and DL3, they will shut down online servers for D1? No idea, but D1 can't be supported forever. It's a ludicrous, it's a ludicrous expectation. If people expect that to be, you know, supported for forever, they, you know, they've got to, they've got to think clearly about what's going on you know games eventually have their servers shut down you know and that'd be a that'll be a sad day that'll be a sad day but i mean it just it has to happen eventually they can't run for forever molly do you think dedicated servers is something bungie should look and invest in moving forward i feel like a lot of minuscule issues would be solved by that i you say a lot of minuscule issues would be solved by that dude a ton of of far-reaching issues would be solved by dedicated servers. Your worlds can be bigger. Your encounters can be bigger. Connection quality improves. DDoSing douchebag losers can't do it anymore, and they would all, I guess, have to win the real way, which means they never would. Like, there is so much that would come from dedicated servers. Everything can be bigger and better with dedicated servers. It's like... You know, it's like it's like hooking up a it's like hooking up a blow up like in it like a like a bounce house, right? And right now the bounce house is like half inflated. Dedicated service comes along, it's like shh, 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 and everything gets bigger and better. Like, look at the bounce house; it's actually a castle, and there's a room up here, and we can jump higher now. Oh my gosh, this is great! Like everything gets better with dedicated servers. So, <laughs> I wouldn't even say minuscule problems are solved by it; like big, big problems. Are, uh, are solved by it. The other thing is that's great about dedicated servers, they can push out updates that are that reside server-side fast, right? If, a, if an encounter is broken, let's say there's some new world encounter, some boss that you're going to fight, and something's wrong and it's not working right. Or, like, I don't know, maybe a puzzle that people worked 34 plus hours on and they couldn't figure it out and there's pieces missing. Well, that's just a random example I pulled out of the air. If that were happening, you could go server-side potentially and do an update and say, hey, we just pushed out an update, there was a clue missing. So, a lot gets fixed by dedicated servers. Home Twitch, would an in-game lobby be good for matchmaking as opposed to random fill? We talked about this, like a room that you go stand in and then it, you know you can kind of be choosy with who you interact with. Yes, that could be good too. Estimated profit, I used Izanagi's burden throughout Scourge last night. It was hugely influential. One-shotting servitors in the first encounter and so on. Do you think this could be the beginning of more diversity in loadouts? This gun, for example, freed up my loadout immensely. Well, here's something you have to remember. I'm I, I, I'm going to wager to guess. I'm going to wager to guess you had a machine gun equipped uh, and not like a rocket launcher or a grenade launcher. So when you say, is it the beginning? I think beginning is the right word. I think there's a lot more things that need to happen 
in order for them to to really create some diversity in loadouts and one of the main culprits is legendary heavy weapons being absolute garbage uh, and also pinnacle legendary heavy weapons like fix them first make grenade launchers and rocket launchers not trash cans and then give pinnacle versions to chase so that like the rocket or the grenade launcher that you're chasing can roll with some really really awesome influential role and then while you're using it you feel like oh my gosh I can use Izanagi's burden I can use um, I don't know, just something for fun. Like, maybe you really just feel like using the Huckleberry. Maybe you just really feel like using a- any number of exotics that just sit on the shelf because you're like, dude, if I put this on, I got to put away everything else. Like, I was using trace rifles. Why? Ah, they got great ammo economy and they're strong weapons, and I could use a machine gun. Well, eventually that's going to get kind of boring, is if you pivot to any exotic at all, you're like, well, I got to put away, I got to use a machine gun, right? I didn't get the I didn't get the Jotun. We're gonna have to switch characters. Doggone it! So close. Next question: Sergi, could raids match make each encounter with people who decide to stay, and then uh, a button, and then the pain would be limited to one encounter? I don't know why you would introduce this and say, "Well, it would be a pain." I don't think you'd want to match make for specific encounters. So. You're like, could they do this? Well, then that would be a pain. Like your question kind of, your, your question's kind of, it's a little, excuse me, it's a little confusing, right? You're suggesting an idea that then would introduce pain. <laughs> so I, I, now you could say, well, what if I don't want to do the whole raid and I want to do the ending encounter? Like that's LFG, right? If your need is that specific, I think that's fair for Bungie to say, you got to go off site. Right, or you got to get into the group and say, "Hey, do you guys want to just jump to the end? I have a checkpoint." I, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. Lotus five seven seven with guided games not working all that well, but the rating system within it seems to work. Could something like that be added to filter through the good or bad, or could someone create a matchmake host then filter through good or bad players based off that rating? Um. Again, this is one of those situations where I don't necessarily know if if the solution is to add a bunch of systems. Like, I don't know if it's even possible, right? Um, I don't know if it's even possible. You start adding all these systems, and then you're asking Bungie to do stuff that they probably just don't even have time for. I mean, just matchmaking and requiring a mic could be too much for Bungie to do right now, right? It could be, it could be extremely... Uh, you know, it could be extremely difficult, you know, to to even put those systems in. And so when I think about what they're what they could try to implement, that's why I said, why not just use the existing guided games funnel and just start saying, okay, if you want to do these things, then there's a couple of things you gotta you gotta kind of honor, right? You have to you have to have a microphone plugged in. You have to be a certain power level, etc. It's called end game matchmaking to make sure that the people going in have a good experience or at least guard against having an abysmal experience you could still have bad experiences that's part of life but they could guard against having just abysmal experiences by design like here's a no mic under level dum dum and he just joined your raid team yay like that's not something that you would want you know to be a, a possibility um, man that shell is enormous it, I, holy moly uh, I wish these uh Wow, what a great perk set, guys. It generates gunsmith telemetry. Oh, man. Wow, we need to make a whole video about that. 
I'm being sarcastic, obviously. Telemetries are completely and utterly worthless. I don't know why they're even in the game. Uh, and why they're, uh... <laughs> why they're... Why are they on, uh... Why are they on ghost perks? For Pete's sakes. Okay. Next question from Eat Lead. What do you think about simply having a larger capacity for clans? Say 500. That would be easy for Bungie to implement. And the community does some work, too, by consolidating the player base a bit more for online players. Okay. I think this this right here sounds wonderful. It does. It sounds wonderful. But the problem is the real problem is is that you you can't do that quickly. And the system itself the system itself might not allow for this. What if what if the actual game it's just too hard for them to it's just way too hard for them to say we're gonna add. Uh, I forgot to get the whisper, so it's gonna look a little funky whenever I whenever I move gear. You know, we're gonna we're gonna add the ability to have five hundred more. You know, five hundred people in a clan. Well, okay, but like, what about stability? What about the in-game? You know, UI. Like, there's so many things that could get, you know, messed up by that. I don't. I don't think they have it capped at hundred just because they feel like it. I think there's probably actual reasons why uh, they have that set. Vicer uh, Fexy says, do you think Nightfall matchmaking could lock the card into whatever modifiers were on the daily and then you could just lock the power modifier? I just said if you use endgame matchmaking, the card would be disabled. If you run it with the team and you really like your experience, you could just say, or you could say at the very beginning, do you guys want to back out and join me and I'll turn the card on so we could work on 100k? I just think it should be disabled to simplify it if they did endgame matchmaking. Mythological figure, would a weekly default challenge card work? Uh, I, yeah, I just addressed the challenge card. That could be another option though, true. But if you want to back out and customize it, you'd still have that option. Shay55, I understand the players have no that, but players have no patience. If you die two times they kick or they leave all the time. What can you say about that? Again, people being stupid or people having bad experiences happens in LFG too. That doesn't negate LFG as a good solution. You're not arguing against LFG being a good solution because you had a bad experience or you could have a bad experience. That can happen anywhere. Whether you use LFG, you could use my LFG, you could use the clan system here in our Discord, and you can have a bad experience with players that don't know what they're doing. That's just the nature of playing video games, right? There's not much you can... Uh, you can do to to, uh, to change that, you know. Um, now, do I need to be forging complete ignitions, uh, complete a black armory weapon frame? So no, I do need to do. Okay, I do need to do a frame to get all these bounties because I am trying to get the ballistics logs so that I can uh, so that I can get the a chance at the Jotun. I would really like the Jotun. Um, I have a feeling I'm going to get really really uh, drug along. Uh, by this, unfortunately. Uh, next question. The new matchmaking comp went live yesterday, and the first games were good, but there are too many people doing recoveries, so no matter how much Bungie changes the matchmaking, recoveries are going to still be there. Any thoughts on how to control these players? Uh, here's my uninformed, no data to back this up thought on this. Recoveries are the minority, and so it gets overblown when we talk about it. Okay. I could be 100% factually and provably wrong right now, but I don't think recoveries are are running amok. I don't think there are that there there are that many of them. I, if you run into them, fine. 
but I don't think every game you're running into stack after stack after stack of recoveries. I think they're the minority. And you can't control them or legislate to them anyway. It's just it's just something that exists in games. So, uh, Wraith Resurgent. My concern with matchmaking for raids is only for new raiders. Veterans, veterans won't be there to help. New raiders will get discouraged and bail. Maybe never try the raid again. Wouldn't improving guided games be the better choice? Bonuses for the Sherpas, maybe. Okay. Great question. I'm gonna attack I'm gonna attack the bottom of your question first. Guided games doesn't work for exactly what you said on the front end. There aren't enough veterans in the pool. There are not enough veterans in the pool of guided games that are like, I need a guided game, so I'm gonna go in and help people get it done, right? Now, well then they wouldn't play matchmaking either, so it'd just be a bunch of inexperienced dum-dums yelling at each other. What you could do, I think, is use the existing guided games, re- repackage it, and call it endgame matchmaking, and then you could basically give people a reason to use it. Like, we've said this before about guided games, give an incentive to run matchmaking, right? Well, we got four or five people, man. Let's go use matchmaking. Now, people would cheese it, right? They would use matchmaking and just match at the same time as their friends, wouldn't they? Right? They just match at the same time as their friends, and then they would get credit for whatever the matchmaking, you know, bonus is. Um, but if you if you give people the chance, I think that's better than not giving them the chance. You're saying, oh, they might have a bad experience and then never raid again. Well, they're not raiding now to begin with, right? So at least they'd have the opportunity to make their mind up. If they go in and they get a taste of raiding and they're like, I don't really like this, it's too complicated, it's too communication heavy, I'm out. That's fine. They probably wouldn't have liked raiding to begin with. But if they go in there and they have a decent decent to bad experience and they kind of learn the mechanics or they are like, okay, I watched a video and they get close to beating it, right? Or let's say they beat one encounter. That could be pretty winsome. They'd be like, dude, I'm, I want to do this. I want to play raids. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure this out. I'm going to find a team. I'm going to come back in here. Giving them that opportunity is better than them never touching the, 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 the content ever. I think it's better to, 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 to just throw the dice on the ground and see what they roll and be like, okay, bad experience, good experience, and let the player decide. You're deciding for the player. Oh, you might have a bad experience, so you, you you can never come in here unless you go use LFG. They could use LFG and run into the biggest douchebag this side of the Mississippi, and he yells at them and tells them they're terrible and kicks them out. Th- that could happen on LFG. Either way, I think it's better to equip people just to try and see what they think than to be like, ah, oh, no way, man. I, you, you're never even going in there. We're not going to let you. you got to use something else. Heavy Metal Mama, do you think uh, we may be at the limit uh, to what the game and the tools can handle? Are they at this point uh, to make new content where they have to weed out the old? If so, will this affect the game's longevity until D3? It very likely could affect the game's longevity until D3. This engine and the old consoles are limited. So bringing back all the old raids and all the old planets, we all want that to happen. That'd be a great way to fill the game up with a lot of activities, a lot of nostalgia, and a lot of fun. But it very likely could be something they just can't do uh, because of the limitations of the engine, the limitations of the system, uh, could just keep them from doing that. And then we would definitely have to have a thinner, a thinner drip of content all the way to D3. I mean, that's why the drip feed content kind of works in their favor. They're able to add like very marginal, you know, things that are just kind of in the public space anyway. They're not adding new planets, you know? Unsung. Do you want to see a fresh reason to get back into the Leviathan? If so, would you get back to rating weekly? 
Probably not. I don't like the Leviathan. I love Scourge and I'm not even raiding weekly. You gotta really, really incentivize me if I'm gonna be going in there. The loot's not good enough. The armor's not distinct enough. There's nothing There's nothing in there that really blows my hair back, you know? So, in in all of them, in all of them, I uh, I think that they, they've really got to think through they've really got to think through long-term incentivization. Why am I running the raid? Am I running the raid more than three times in a week? Am I running the raid, you know, am I running the raid uh, only three times a week? If I run the raid, am I getting something that truly makes me feel different, distinct, and powerful? These are questions you have to answer. Threat level and the, and the, and the scout and the rocket launcher and the fusion rifle and all the guns that you can get in Scourge. None of those guns are blowing anybody's hair back. None of them. They're not. They're, they're just, they're pretty basic, honestly. There's nothing about them that is 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 mind-blowing and there's just no investment there's no npc that i'm ranking up there's no there's no anything it's just like i'm trying to get loot i didn't get the loot i'm done and oh the loot's not once i get the loot the loot's not even that distinct or different than what i could use now like the threat level versus a paradox is it that different no the threat level versus the ikolash shotgun they're basically the same so like I, I got it and I love it and I would love it if the other guns and armor were worth it but there just there doesn't seem to be like a good enough incentive to keep jumping back in even though Scourge is one of my favorite raids uh, Snavarette is it too complicated uh, I'm sorry is it too much to expect Bungie to add ammo banners for most endgame PvE activities it seems like most people look for flags before heading to forges to quest anyway yeah this is a good lesson for them to learn I don't think this is something they can do right now but it's a very good lesson for them to learn that like rally flags on public spaces and the rally flags in the raid are two of the greatest implementations ever in Destiny they're so good Uh, they're so good and I think that if they were to um if they would have done that with the with the Niobe Labs, it would have been a really, really good decision. That and checkpoints. Mel Buggin. Hello, Mel. Overwatch has endorsements for players. Good teammate, shot caller, and sportsmanship. That's available for everyone to see when you pair with or against them. As you gain endorsement levels, you get boxes. Any potential for this in D2 matchmaking? Oh, yeah. They could be like, quits early, right? And then someone sees you're you're an early quitter, you're a rage quitter. You've rage quit the lat you know ten times in a row today, and then you that mark follows you around. You would be a whole lot less likely to rage quit, you know. Now someone with a really bad connection might get a bad rap, but like you couldn't you couldn't report somebody for rage quitting unless unless they actually quit. Right. If they disconnect, then the team has the option to be like, this person left. Was it a rage quit? And people could be like, oh, I don't know. And then they they don't report you for being a rage quitter. But you, if you keep backing out and you keep yelling before backing out, you better believe people are going to report you for rage quitting. And then you'll have that title for a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and then you might think twice about doing it next week. You're like, man, nobody wants to play with me. I've I've I, I earned the I earned the title rage quitter. <laughs> We're getting somewhat off track with what is probably likely to be implemented with an idea like this, but it's certainly something that they could do in the future. They could say, listen, we don't want people rage quitting, so there's 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 ramifications of that beyond just like quote unquote quit quitting penalties, right? Because quitting penalties quitting penalties happen by accident on disconnects, you know? But if someone's yelling and screaming, people would be like, dude, let's report this guy. 
Now, obviously, teams could just be douchey and be like, alright, everybody report this guy for being toxic or, or yelling or something, and then we're gonna mess his title up for the week. So you gotta be careful. Unheard AZM. Why do you think D2 got away with 3v3 D1? Why do you think D1 got away? Oh, got away from. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying away with. Why did D2 get away from 3v3? Uh, It was their bread and butter. Put them on the map streaming in YouTube. Would you think the revitalization... Oh, what would you think is the revitalization uh, trials needs? Oh, they only have positive endorsements, says Mel in Overwatch. Well, that could be good. That could be good then. Keep it positive. You know, keep it Mr. Rogers. You know, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. You know, won't you be my neighbor? (laughs) Uh, Okay, so the reason they pivot away from 3v3 to 4v4 is simple. The tournaments and sweats tournaments up to that point both the guardian con tournament and the sweats tournaments were 4v4 the map design and the flow of the game seemed to be better suited for 4v4 i think they erroneously thought that was the future for pvp and they thought it would work really really well it unfortunately did not work really really well they slowed the game and the guardians down and the time to kill down so significantly that 4v4 became just a pair up 2v2 team shot meta and everyone just sat on doors and lanes and just pulsed you in the face and then that was kind of the end of the matter so 4v4 I think worked in Destiny 1 because of the sauce and because of the speed it didn't work in in, in Destiny 2 because they took out everything that gave 4v4 its its traction and its feel yeah they didn't just go to 4v4, right? They standardized 4v4 be outside of trials, right? Everything was standardized 4v4. The maps were built for 4v4. The flow of the game modes were built for 4v4. If they would have done that and they would have left the the guardian speed and the and the sauce and the power in place, then I think that they would have been set up much better to have it feel the way that they probably intended. I think they did too much, right? It's like when you're troubleshooting your computer. You uninstall this program, you do a malware scan, you scan for virus, you reset this, you change this setting, and then the problem goes away, and you're like, oh, I fixed it, right? Well, in this scenario, they kind of did something similar, but on the other end of the spectrum. They were trying to reinvent the Crucible, and they changed so much that what could have netted positive change didn't. Right? They changed this, they changed that, they changed this too, they have static roles. All these things got changed, and the result was just like a real bland, like boring crucible that people largely rejected. And trials ultimately also then felt bad too. Uh, Odious Ragnos says, I'm looking to start doing raids. Any advice you can give me building a fire team? I mean, you're basically just looking for people that are patient and will communicate, you know? Um, so, and as Crafty's Wiggly Balls is saying in chat, I agree with him. Uh, it's not Crafty, it's, it's obviously a fan of Crafty, uh, a big fan of Crafty, <laughs> saying, I personally think the gameplay was the best thing about D1. Don't mess with the gameplay. Exactly. Exactly. You could have gone to 4v4 and probably had it feel really, really nice, but they went to 4v4 and they changed the core experience the way you felt the way you moved the way that people died the way that melees did damage everything was completely really different so the core experience changed right 4v4 and map design 
everything D- different supers different abilities it just it was a lot of changes at once Dimitri Comrade thoughts on making a surrender option in competitive without quitting aka taking a penalty I people would just farm people would just farm the surrender option when they're working on something I, it, I don't know uh, I get where you're coming from. You'd have to make it to where when you surrender, you get literally nothing. You get no drops, nothing, but at least you don't get the quitter penalty. So you'd have to like really think about, like, do we really want to do this, you know? Agent Smith, do you think the person... Do uh, you think the reason patrol areas are able to six-man is because of the engine? Oh, all aren't able. Well, yeah, the engine's limited. If you look at the way they build it, like, just take a minute and look at any of the planets, right? It's all an instance. Trossland is its own instance. When you leave there, Outskirts is its own instance. Winding Cove is its own instance. The name changes. That's why you sometimes get a loading screen. It's trying to re-instance you. Uh, Rubble with a nine-month sub and then a two-month sub from Lucius. Thank you guys so much. Um, MCast did a 34-month sub a long time ago. I'm sorry, MCast. There's very few people with a 34-month sub, and I missed yours. I apologize. Um, so yeah, that's why it's it's too it's it's a limited it's limited engine. Like they can only do you know so much. Chaos Senpai. What about uh, like in the Elder Scrolls Online? Many players are in the same server, events, dungeons, and PVPs in the middle, uh, which is live all the time, like strongholds to capture from other factions. Yeah, I mean, if you want them to completely recreate the game, sure, they could add a lot of those things, but that's not going to happen right now. They could do similar things that in the future. Matrix, do you think they should do more opening raid encounters in public areas like Vogue? I love times when I suddenly would randomly be in a patrol and I would see, uh, and I would start helping a team out. I like that, but I, you know, I'm not going to die on that hill. We don't need them to add this as a quality point. I liked it. It was fun, but it isn't, it is obviously isn't necessary. Uh, Raijin says, do you ever have anyone on the Rageous Roundtable from other gaming platforms? I feel like the issues uh, in this game are different depending on the platform. In Gambit, it doesn't seem too bad on the PS4. I've just really moved away from getting guests because streamers are, I love all of my streamer comrades, but streamers are incredibly unprofessional people. They're very unprofessional. They, di- a lot of them don't have a background in growing a business in an environment where you're supposed to, you have to reply to messages and emails. So they just ignore you. And it's not because they're being mean. It's because they're unprofessional. And I don't say this in a mean way. Like, if your expectation is that people are going to respond to stuff, they're not going to. And I'm too busy to babysit DMs and emails. I, I'm just, I just am. I'm way too busy to stay out of people like, hey, when can you be on? Hey, I sent you this. Hey, can you please respond? Hey, like, I just got tired of that crap. And it's just easier to have four people on the cast and go. Like, it's so less stressful to boot up on Monday and be like, everybody good to go? Yep, cool. See you guys tonight. And then we boot up and then we have a great cast and a great show. Um, I just got so, so tired of trying to have guests on. And there's, it's no hard feelings. I'm not mad at anybody. It's just the nature of this business. It's a bunch of people who got successful on a platform that didn't require them to act as a professional. They just had to be entertaining, right? This is why musicians and movie stars have managers because they're eccentric, they're creative, they're entertaining. They're not they're not good at replying to emails. They're not good at thinking like a professional or a business person. They're good at this. They're good at writing songs. They're good at entertaining. They're good at Fortnite. They're good at whatever. And so it just isn't worth trying to pull guests in every week. It's a dadgum nightmare. Um, 
Now, if you have big pull and you've got like really great viewership like DCP does, I think it's easier. They can be, they can handpick people, they can schedule it out. But that's something that Pope does that probably requires a ton of his attention and a ton of his time. And I don't have time for that garbage. I, I truly don't. I'm way too busy to be babysitting DMs. So it's just easier to go with the four of us. Uh, Blackhawk, do you think the mountaintop triumph was a good idea? Uh, if no, do you think Bungie has learned from this poor experience of a grind? If you think grinding, I uh, think getting double kills was fun. Uh, I, uh, fun or engaging, I hate you. Yeah, the quest line seemed kind of bad. Um, I don't know what they learned from it though, but I would agree with you. The quest line could use some refining. Getting double kills with a grenade launcher is a dadgum nightmare. I was watching really skilled players struggle and I'm like, no thanks. White light. What do you think of an in-game system of finding a clan? Maybe add filters. This would be a good thing they could do too. You know, add a way for you to say this is what you're looking for. This is the time of day that you play, and it could say, "Hey, these clans are a good fit for you." Yeah, I think this could be good. Uh, Jergonomics. On the topic of Gambit again, I feel like the game would be met with less frustration if the loadouts were restricted, such as capture events, without the nuisance of linear fusions. Um, also, the vendor rank that you just mentioned. I'm never going to endorse uh, restricting loadouts because people hate it and it grates against the entire identity of a loot-based game. I am not going to grind for loot and come play your content if your content wags its finger in my face and says, no, no, can't use that. I, I will not play your content. I, I, no, uh-uh, bye, um, no thanks, would be my, uh, that would be my feedback, um, so, that, in general, in general, I think, I went to the wrong forge, in general, I think restricting loadouts is just an enormous mistake, and I'm always gonna push back and say no, it doesn't, people don't like it, um, Dixie745, I know you don't play much PvP, but do you think they should look into putting alternate routes into getting top tier weapons like the Not Forgotten? Basically do the first few steps and then get to 40, uh, 5400 glory and win 100 comp matches. It opens the door for more people uh, that don't have a team and can win in Crucible every day. Um, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know how I feel about this because people get the, people take similar lines of thinking about endgame raid gear I, I do think it's good to have this gear be very difficult to get. If you're saying it's still difficult and time-consuming, but helps solo players a little bit, I'd be inclined to hear you out. I just don't know what the experience was like, and I don't have a lot to say about how it should have been. Razor. So, is there any way the meta can go away? At higher tiers of PvP, it's the same, literally, all the players running Lunas are not forgotten, Dust Rock Blues and the like. Why? I want to I, I tell you something that's always going to be the case there's always a meta the number one search term for call of duty the week after it comes out is call of duty best gun so there is always a meta there is always a you have to this is the best gun and there's a reason for that okay people flock to what's most effective if they don't flock to what's most effective they're stupid and i'm not trying to be mean to you if you're like i want to run this instead it's just, it's just at a ground level, if you're trying to win and you're insisting on using something that you know is not ideal or you know is not the quote-unquote meta, that's a stupid decision. Maybe you're not stupid. Maybe I could be a little bit nicer. It's a stupid decision. I want to win. Okay, these are the guns that tend to be the most effective and they're, and they're the strongest weapons. No, I don't want to use that. I'm going to use this instead. Okay, I mean, that's a stupid decision because if you want to win, you're limiting your viability and you're limiting the chances and probability of you winning just because of what? Variety? Just because you want to you be a purist? You see what I'm saying? Like, metas are unavoidable. 
metas are unavoidable. unavoidable. Now, if metas emerge from broken or overpowered items, then we can have a discussion about that, right? I said the other day, sometimes we do need to talk about something being too strong. Other times we need to say something like, just shut up and play the meta. We can say both things. I think sometimes we can say, this gun or this odd item is too strong and needs addressed. Other times we have to say, I mean, it's a viable weapon and it's effective in the hands of a skilled player, so shut up and play the meta. Like, I hate shotguns. Shut up and play the meta. Or don't play at all. Right? I get so tired of shotguns. That's me. I'm making fun of me, by the way. I said that. I was like, I I hate shotguns. I don't want to use shotguns in PvP. Well, I was an idiot, and I died a lot. And then when I started using shotguns, I could compete a little bit, and I could win some of those close-range fights in D1. D1, I just, I, I rejected that idea. I was just like, all the weapons should be viable. And to be to be fair, as much as that sounds good, it just is completely um, unlikely and somewhat unreasonable. It just isn't going to happen. Uh, Tail Maccus. Tail Maccus says, do you think integrated LFG is better than the alternative of figuring out how to balance matchmaking? This would allow the player to assess a group of competency before entering an instance or a raid. Well, sure. Like, that's why I said, like, let people figure it out. I think people are pretty naturally, you know, equipped with the ability to filter and not play and stick around with a-holes, you know? The Hound 89 with a brand new Prime sub and a six-month Prime sub from Classic Gamer. Thank you guys for using your Prime subs here. A lot of people have been using their Prime subs on my channel lately, and thank you for doing that. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, Unsung. What would, would it be too much for Bungie to make alternative encounters in the Leviathan? It's such a huge underbelly. It seems like more layers or raids could be built. That could happen in Penumbra. I mean, we don't know. They gave us four forges, right? What if they create not only a raid, like like in Penumbra, what if they create four encounters like forges? Whoops. What if they create four encounters like forges in Leviathan? You know, some type of a horde mode or something. I don't know. They could definitely do something like that, and maybe it progresses in the underbelly in the rooms with the Watchers, and it gets harder and harder, and it it feels like a a combination of the infinite force and a horde mode. I mean, there's certainly uh, the potential for them to do stuff like that in there. Uh, Doombot909, why don't they fix the clan system to make pe- more, entice more people to join? I feel as though clans uh, were there... I feel as though if clans were, then new players would have an easier time playing with veteran. Yeah, the clan system does seem like it's just un- under-realized. Just very under-realized. They could definitely say, we need to funnel more people into clans, make it easier to find a clan. That could be a solution that they might have to wait and fold into D3. I just I try to think about what's feasible now, and I don't think that's feasible now, but it is something that needs to happen. Fuzz Bounce. What if... Uh, what if there are ornaments for raid weapons exclusive to guided games? Give hardcore players something unique to stand out and encourage them to do guided games. Here's the challenge with that. I think a lot of hardcore players would just match in guided games until they match with their buds. That's one of the problems, is even if you added rewards in there, people would just cheese it, and they wouldn't play with people other than their friends. I like where your head's at, but it probably wouldn't it probably wouldn't net them any benefit. Broodwitch, what do you think about getting raid exotics as prizes for guided games? Like make again, just address this. People would just cheese guided games. Good ideas, guys, but probably wouldn't work. Uh, Chappelle or Chapel. I like the idea that was brought up about rewards for Sherping and guided games, such as allowing continued rewards past your three weekly runs. This may help incentivize experienced players to have more patience for first timers. Thoughts. I mean, 
since three people in a row really dug in on this idea, let's 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 address it, okay? The only way this works is if they put in a pretty elaborate system that doesn't presently exist, and that would be a way to track and somebody to mark themselves, you know, let's say there are levels of raid completion, right? And those levels of raid completion are a way to say we are going to put you with somebody that is inexperienced. So when you do guided games, you and your buddies that run every week and you're all ranked 20, you can't you can't it won't match you together. It disrupts your attempt to cheese the matchmaking, right? So you wouldn't be able to just say, "Hey, start matchmaking now, guys." It would pit, it would put you with people that were lower than your rank. The idea is that you're going in to help people. So it would say, "Well, here are people that have run the raid, you know, less than 10 times. Here are people that have run it more." Again, as I'm saying all this, like I said on the outset, this is just so complicated of a system to to build from the ground up. It doesn't it doesn't exist in the game? Never has existed in the game. So I. There's not really a way to motivate those people to go in. As I've said before, guided games will never get off the ground. It's a four-year-old franchise, and the people best suited to go into guided games and help already have a solution for their weekly raids. Dash Knight. Uh, like Mel said, if Bungie added some kind of reward for guided games, that would help. Yeah, we've just we've really beat this to death. It's just not going to work. Thank you for the question, but no. I, I, I think guided games giving rewards would just get manipulated by people, and the only way to get it to not get manipulated by people would be to add a bunch of elaborate systems they can't presently add. So... Uh, level, uh, level Luganer or something like that. Any exotics from D1 you want brought forward? No, I don't like exotics being brought forward. I want new exotics. I don't really have this strong desire to see exotics brought forward. If they get brought forward, fine, I don't care, but I don't have a list. Uh, I don't have a list. But if you are matchmaking, you are unlikely to be matchmade with your friends. Not if you matchmake at the same time. How am I not getting that? Dude, people cheese matchmaking for Rumble all the time. What do you mean, how am I not getting it? You're not getting it, brother. That people can cheese matchmaking. It's something that happens, especially if you're close in region. It 100% could be manipulated by people. Pretending that it couldn't and wouldn't is is to, is to ignore things that people do now. Um, so, next question. Anime is my life um, says... What are your thoughts on bringing back Destiny 1 content in small pr- uh, at a small price, such as Crucible Maps and Strikes? I would love to see the Strikes and the Raids come back. At a small price, I say just throw it into the next annual pass. The annual pass that would begin end of this year and go into next year, that's what I think they should do. It would be more substantive, it would be awesome, but according to the Destiny Community Podcast, that is actually really difficult for them to do. Apparently, it's like really hard for them to add... Um, it's really hard for them to add year one content into here. Destiny one content, I'm sorry. Uh, homie, do you think uh, Bungie will move away from enhancement cores to infuse? Yes, I believe they will be very soon removed from infusion. I believe that update may be even announced this week. If not, it'll happen soon. I don't know when. Um, it's so fluffy. How do you feel about a forge for each planet and other weapon and class types added to the content? Something for a guardian? I mean, adding loopable content to the planets like Escalation Protocol and the forges is a good idea, yes. Uh, uh, K Shazam. Could Bungie's content after the annual pass be the comeback of Faction Rally and Trials? That's an idea a friend myself thought of with the Activision news. That wouldn't take a lot of time to develop and they've already got the placeholders for it, so that's actually a pretty decent guess. Uh, Pyre Player. Would you like... Uh, would you like it if they continued working on D1, or would you rather them continue what they are doing? Um, 
Oh, if they had continued working on D1. I think moving to a new game is the right call. They just didn't have a good foundation, and now we're in a much better situation. So I still prefer building a new game and changing everything, yes. Moving to new supers, new weapons, new planets, yes. Now, tying it all together with a bow so all of the planets and all locations are together, that's going to have to be in another engine because this game wouldn't allow for that. Uh, Working Blade... Do you think there's a possibility of getting a nine-man wave survival where we are being attacked by all enemy races in an enclosed area? I mean, the nine-man thing in Escalation Protocol was great. The chances of getting at it, uh, not bright. Not probably happening anytime soon because, again, if you look at the, the roadmap, there's nothing on there but, but a six-man one. So, maybe that's what that could be like, though. Trunks, do you think Bungie made PvP worse by putting up guns like Lunas and Not Forgotten because people... Uh, because of people paying for other people to get the Lunas and them. Here's the thing. You can never remove something good because of idiots. You can't remove something good because of idiots. People that are going to pay for, you know, account recoveries and, you know, they don't want to earn it themselves. Whatever. If that's the way they want to do it, you know, if they want to do that, that's fine. Like, I guess I shouldn't insult somebody. It's their money, but if that's what they want to do with it, that's up to them. I, I think it's stupid. I guess that's my opinion on the matter. And, but Bungie can't legislate to that. You can't legislate to dum-dums. Like, it's just not a thing. So, that was like when they said, should Bungie stop putting really good weapons in the game like Galahorn because people don't let you play with them on LFG unless you have the Galahorn? What? No? What? No. The community's response to how good the Galahorn was in Crota, it's not on Bungie. Oh, wow, we better not make a really good exotic ever again, because if we make a really good exotic, then people make it a requirement for the raid. You can't legislate to that. You can't create rules because people are people are silly. You know what I'm saying? Just Baki, with the last question, what are your thoughts on the network health issues and how does it affect you? I mean, the network and, and, and how all the netcode and stuff works, it can be pretty frustrating um, when I get like a... A loading screen in between instances and stuff like that and knowing that we can't get bigger and better environments also knowing that a lot of the glitches and a lot of the problems with mechanics and raids like when stuff doesn't work when people were disappearing in leviathan when prestige would kick people to orbit that's all pretty frustrating and that's all related to like the net code and it being peer-to-peer so that's why going to dedicated servers would be marvelous we could leave all of this behind so if you are here live right now and you enjoyed this be sure to click the follow button that is a great and free way to support me click the little heart that is a way to follow the channel so you don't miss these i'm gonna keep streaming and we're gonna keep talking but i'm gonna change scenes so we have game sound again in the q a and all that goes away if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube tune in live i'm probably live right now twitch.tv slash say no to rage just look up say no to rage on twitch or on twitter to follow me and join any of these conversations thank you again to rogue calypso for the great new layout and how we laid this out i think it looks wonderful thanks for the feedback on youtube as well as with all of my content i appreciate you listening and watching in all the other avenues other than twitch Please like, share, and subscribe.